And just want to take a second and thank Policy Genius. They're supporting today's episode of Success Story. I know we all have kids. We all have families we want to take care of. And I personally check something off major on my to-do list, life insurance. It's a tough topic. It's really hard to think about, but it's so important. And the hard part was sorting through all the options. Luckily, I found Policy Genius. Policy Genius is an online insurance marketplace that makes getting life insurance surprisingly easy. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for a million dollars of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Now, knowing my family's protected brings me incredible peace of mind. Don't put off this important decision. Check life insurance off your to-do list in no time with Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. We're going to start? Yeah, let's kick it off. We, gonna use, we don't use the action one, right? We bought it for no reason. The action. Okay. <laughs> All right, guys. So we're excited to have with us Zeke. Zeke has a very interesting story. Not just a cool, good-looking guy. He's also a quarterback. Was a quarterback. Was a quarterback. Was a quarterback. Right? And today, a very successful entrepreneur, um, eight-figure business. And we're going to hear his story. Scott, uh, Scott obviously, <laughs> with us. <laughs> the man. Yeah, I know uh, Zeke already. I know Zeke so, already. So I'm not, I, yes. I think I'm going to let you, like, dig in and ask all the questions. I know his shit. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, so, okay, so what, what, when, I, when I read your, I, I, so I read from your podcast. And then I sent them the video you put out, too. Okay, I did yeah. not see the video. I oh. did not see the video. It's a good video. Okay. Really? Yeah, it was a good video. We'll, we'll watch it after. Okay. <laughs> You'll learn everything we're going to talk about you missed. Well, I, I, I read. I mean, I read the documents you gave yeah. me. You have Google Doc. So oh, I so wanted to be. Reader, that's yes. nice. Usually that's I watch. Nice. I don't like, if, if there's something I can watch or summarize or audio, I'll yeah. do that. I'm like, but, I have uh, to watch. I have to watch. Yeah. So you, you're basically selling people a business right now. Yeah. That tells them, look, you want to sell on Amazon, but you don't need the hassle and customer service. I got you. Just pay me 30, 40. How much do you charge people? So we charge 40 grand. 40 grand. Um, 40,000. And then we have a higher package, which is 65,000, which really is just a different profit split. Mm -hmm. um, we've had a lot of people who are like, how can we make more, right? Yeah. In terms of the model, obviously, we're going to scale it over time, but really nothing you know other than i'm gonna make a little bit more up front because yeah, yeah. i'm giving more of my back end away yeah. um we've 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 done that as well but you know you've been in the e-commerce space obviously and you know it's just like it's the market's crazy right and so we're really looking for brands like that's what we're really looking the for the right product the right product yeah, it's all about the product yeah. absolutely and so you know we've heard like all these horror stories about drop shipping and like yeah. all these amazon automation companies and for us, like we just saw e-commerce as a whole as like, this is going to be around for a long time, yeah. you know? And if, if companies don't have an e-commerce platform, like chances are they're going to, they're going to lag behind. And so we're really just trying to focus right now on like building the relationships with the brands. Like we know like our clients are happy. We don't really market like selling businesses anymore because a lot of our business will come through word of mouth. Like we don't really run ads on it or anything anymore just because we really like to focus on the relationships. Like the one thing I've learned through it is like, I love working with good people, right? So when you work with the right people versus trying to like work with everybody, we've just seen like kind of that partnership form, which is like what we really want. Like we want partnerships. Like we want people to understand like we're busting our ass to make this this work and it's hard. Give me give me an example of a person because I think a lot of the listeners would kind of like say, okay, can I make money with this guy? So it's like 
if a guy goes and gives you some cash, okay, and you go in, how long does it take them to actually turn profit? Yeah, I mean, obviously this is not a get rich quick. It's not going to happen overnight. And if you want to see more in terms of revenue and returns, you got to be able to put more money yeah. into the business, right? Our upfront costs are really just, we're building the business. We're putting the people in place. We have the infrastructure. We have the fulfillment. We have the team. We have everything that's in place in order for the stores to be managed and run. Mm -hmm. So for us, I think it's like... But a quick answer, if you had to kind of like give someone tell you, look, what's my ROI on this one? I, you have I put, six months. You have I would say, I would say conservatively 12 to 18 months. 12 to, okay, that's fair. Yeah, that's 12 fair. to okay. 18 that's months. Not, that's actually not that Imagine bad. Imagine you're yeah, buying an apartment to rent and make money on it. Yeah. If you're lucky, if it takes you 10 years yeah. to pay for the apartment. Or if you buy a business, yeah. if you buy a cash flow business. Business is a business. You can it's, always sell the business after. It's also not going to be a lot of our, a lot of our clients, are they're just like middle class people, right, that you know, have either had really good credit and we've been able to fund their business or they have, you know, some equity that they're like, I don't really have the money to get a loan for a house, but I want to make some passive income. You know, we have all different types of clients, but our, like, the high, the majority of our clientele is middle-class people that are really only leveraging, like, five to $10,000 a month, and they're making a couple, you know, $1,500, $2,000 a month conservatively, right? And then we have the client that's, like, has... The ability yeah. to scale and you know they're seeing five five figures a month and obviously on so now you didn't get into it right away right it was first you were the amazon seller for yourself you kept looking for goods and you you mentioned it's all about the product right yeah. and i i can totally relate i every time i, I own two companies in the past yeah. one was a wholesale liquidation and had a bunch of amazon sellers buying for me let me turn off my phone <laughs> sorry about that guys technique oh, okay but um, the second one was uh, BoxyCharm, and it was really about the product. I mean, you can have the best marketing and yeah. all that, but it doesn't really make sense if you don't it's have the right product. product yeah. right. But um, the second part is, so you're, you're doing that, and eventually you said, look, I can scale this, and I can sell it to people. My first thing I'm going to tell you is that you're selling a business. Now it's a whole different, now it's a B2B instead of a B2C. Why did you switch? I enjoy helping people. Okay. Like for me, it was like, I saw, especially when the pandemic hit, right? When the pandemic hit, several of our clients had stores. This was right when we were really transitioning. Like we were like, let's acquire some warehouses. Let's get space. Let's get, you know, some of the infrastructure in place to scale. Did you see more money on the second business than the B2B? Instead of just dealing with with clients every time. On yeah, the I mean, the like ability to scale this. was like, so, you know, you're, you're really, you're, Allow, you're using, you're leveraging the client's ability, you know, capital to be able to scale the business as a whole, right? And so for us, it was like, you know, you could go straight to the bank, right, and try to get X amount of money for it for this, or you could use it from a B two B standpoint, where it's like we can not only help the person but build a business long term for them. Like, it's kind of cool because you get the, the cash up front, you secure right. yourself. It's a it's a short exit for your revenue, yeah. right? And then you still get upside. In the future, and I know that uh, I have some friends that run Wi-Fi money, and they yeah, have yeah. the same thing. And they told me, look, we found out that eventually Amazon's going to cap your store. It's not going to let you sell the same product that much. They want to diversify with yeah, different yeah, vendors. Exactly. So um, we're like, okay, we can own all of those. So we want you to have the LNC. We want you to have all that. And right. then we can just manage that for you. Exactly. Well, and then it's like, obviously, Amazon's very strict. Like, their, their policy, you know, they really only want one person to have one store. Yeah. And so that's where we were like... 
What do you mean by that? Like so they like, only want an in, they only technically want one individual to have a store, right? It was meant for individual stellars, and then obviously people are coming in like as businesses, like yeah, we want yeah. to take it. So th- originally it was like just going to be an eBay type thing. I don't think they ever really thought it was, you know. And then it became so much more. Today, now private equities are buying yeah, it's Amazon business, exactly. like any other business. Yeah, they're exactly. saying okay, this is there's no more because uh, they'll ask you when you run a business. When I was trying to sell BoxyCharm, um, at that time, they were, the first thing that investment bankers tell you, okay, tell us, is that Amazon proof? It's a thing. Mm-hmm. So they said, okay, well, obviously, you are selling within that ecosystem. You are proof because you're Amazon proof. Well, unless they decide to compete with you directly within their own ecosystem. But it, it's been a shift from Amazon from trying to compete with their own vendors to kind of like, you know what, screw that. Let them be them, and they're going to do it better. And if you sell it within the, the same ecosystem, so today you, you'll find a, you'll find private equities investing in real estate, just like regular rent, buying in, and then Amazon so just they're going into the lower end tier. That was so. Do you run into issues when when a business spins up, when a true business is opposed to an individual selling? Do you run into issues with Amazon? Like, what's the current like state of Amazon TOS in terms of? how to set up a store, what you can and can't do. No, I think Amazon just wants good sellers. They ultimately want, they don't need more sellers. They want good sellers, like people that are going to ultimately represent them in a good, good sense, right? They want good customer service. They want timely, you know, shippings, X, Y, and Z, and ultimately good products. Like it would be very easy to go find some cheap, shitty Chinese product. Mm -hmm. That's you, you, it's like, not, this isn't what I ordered, right? Like we're really trying to, to find the, again, it comes back to the product, good products that people are going to come back to buy and not necessarily products that are like here and there. Like we're really trying to capitalize on some relationships, like some really big companies that I can't say the names of right now, but that would really put us over the edge in terms of what we're allowed to sell. Right. Mm-hmm. That, that currently are not, not that uh, well, like um, uh, they're not uh, these companies you're looking at. Some of them are very well known, and but some they're well known, are, but they don't have a lot of representation on Amazon. With some of these, do some of these are like products that are, are used in our everyday lives, and that's what we really are trying to focus on right now. Is like how many skills do you guys have? <sighs> thousands, thousands, twenty thousand. No, but I mean, like, what, mean, what what is the process for somebody who say say like a Procter and Gamble product? Okay, that's a household name. Yeah, I want to exactly. take that onto Amazon. Like, how how do you have those relationships versus Somebody starting out. What's, I mean, we, do you have those relationship? We we're, we're getting there, right? We're okay. getting there, and now that we're starting to do the numbers, it's like you can have those conversations with people. Like, okay, well, you have two hundred some stores that are doing X amount of dollars every month. Like, okay, it makes sense if you're coming in with a million dollars a month of purchase orders. Like, yeah, we would entertain it, right? Yeah, okay. So now we're at that point where we can start making some of them offers, and and we're as long as you show them you control the 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 price, right? Meaning you say, listen, tell me what the price and. Uh, I can tell I can tell you that there's just a lot of uh, bureaucracy when to go into the big wells. Yeah, it is not easy. No, they they need to go and make sense. They need to control everything. They just so many people have to make that decision, yeah. and the reason it doesn't always come through, it's because you need say the CFO to agree on one thing, and then and, right. and everyone sits down in a room, and everyone wants to sound smart. So if everyone said yes, someone has to say no just to sound smart. It's okay. We'll push it for next quarter meeting. Yeah. And you have you have that problem. I am here selling your product. I'm taking your POs just like any other store. I have a chain of stores. You don't need to worry about the fact that each one is a different LLC. But that's how my new business model is, and that is going to be in the future. Yeah. There. So the ones that are going to try harder, that's going to enter sooner, needs to lock it down with exclusivity so they don't sell to your competition. Right. And we go to like we go to trade shows all the time. Like that's another where like where we're going to try to find. 
ASD show and yeah, yeah, just all. I mean, we're going to Vegas in like two weeks for a, a big show. We just went to like a big cosmetic show just like two weeks right, ago. Cosmoprof. I don't remember what the name of it was. We were just like, it was so boring to me. Like it was <laughs> horrible. Yeah, it's, it was, yeah, it was so not it. interesting. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but that's kind of what it is. It's just like mingling, shaking hands, being personable, and ultimately being like, look, this is what I do. And then getting them to take you serious, right? Like getting them to be like, you're yeah. not just some dude selling on Amazon. Like, you look like a football player, and then why are you thinking that I'm going to? Yeah. Take <laughs> <laughs> but 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 there's a lot of like good brands and good products out there that aren't re- like they're not even really big yet, you know. And yeah. that's kind of like we're trying to form something. We just like go to these trade shows and you try to find some of these products that's like, maybe hit, maybe you hit a home run. Maybe you don't, you know. Yeah. But some of them you got to be willing to take the chance on. So now we're at the point where like. Even as a company, liquidity-wise, we're starting to be able to get some of the prices that we want on some of these things just based on, you know, the orders. And then, again, it, it comes down to SKUs, right? The more SKUs you're able to get. And then, ultimately, like, you can get a SKU, but, like, is it going to sell, right? Like, yeah. is it going to yeah. be bought? And, you know, so. So that's, that's the true value add that you give the people that sign up yeah. with you. Like, you're getting relationships they would never have access to. So when you, when you look at somebody who's selling a business, you always have to answer the question, like, why would that person not just do it themselves? So there's things that that person could do immediately. I mean, they can yeah. set up an Amazon store, they can start selling, but there's things that the volume that you that you have access to, it would totally gate somebody who's starting out from ever doing it at the level or with the products that you're doing. Yeah, basically. I mean, anybody can do it themselves. Yeah. Like it's How not, many, what, what's your gross revenue like last year? We did about, I'd say just shy of 17 million last year. Okay, and uh, 2020? 2020 was like 12, okay. between 10 and 12. In 19? 19 we we were doing we were like doing a whole different method in 19 we were doing the drop shipping thing in 19. okay so what was it then it was like we it was so inconsistent bad, like bad. i, I only the... had probably 40 stores so if i get... tell you that right now you take your 17 million a year and you go to a private equity and you say look do you want to come in with me they'll look at your business and they say what's your ebitda and they'll say all right 17 million that was around what i i was kind of like doing when i saw Okay, uh, your business looks to us like 26 million a year. I'm just throwing a number. We'll give you 12 million total pocket. You'll keep 30, like whatever percentage uh, that comes out of it. And we might put a couple million more on the balance sheet. So we're going to have, say, 60% of the business, but three more million to uh, for operating capital, 12 to your pocket. And, and that's how, so that's phase one. Yeah. If you keep growing it, you might go into a $50 million valuation and so on. And that's the, the ideal way for you to right. go in and, and really cash out sooner. Yeah. Right. Not going waiting until it's a hundred million because you're gonna have a lot of views doing yeah. the same thing. Because I see just in Miami, I have two friends that are doing the same exact thing. Yeah. Like we're gonna be bring Kevin on and they're doing something yeah. like there's another. So there's but there's just so much space to yeah, make yeah. it. It's a formula. Do you have a warehouse? Do you guys yeah. store all the? But, yeah. Okay. So, but I want to get back to that point because you said, yeah, it's nice if you have 17 million top line, and then you have, uh, you know, you have your multiple on EBITDA, and then you you have your your EBITDA, then you have your multiple on that, and that will give you valuation. But for you personally, do you want to build this as a business? You want to exit, or you want to build this as like a nice cash flowing lifestyle? lifestyle? Yeah. I, I love to like like get into people's like, I'll minds. I'll be honest. We're at the point right now where we're starting to have that conversation. Like we gotta, we gotta, we have to start looking this way, right? Because everybody, you want to exit, right? And you want to, you want to exit. I don't know. Do you? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think it's like, yeah, you do. I mean, if you get, I don't know. You, you tell us. Years, you if you, yeah, well, I mean, the, the, of course you do. I mean, in a way, right? Look, if, if yeah, but look at you. Look, you exited. And now you're looking to do other stuff. Yeah, it's, but, but so, I do it. But you have that. 
You yeah, have, I'm not have saying the, there's a right way or a wrong way. The, the thing is, you sell something by the end of the day. You yeah. sell a product and you sell a business. Yeah. It is a business is a product. Yeah. And you ask yourself, okay, do I want to have a do I want to have a big payday for the next ten years on this valuation with a little bit much more tax efficient because of the capital gain versus mm-hmm. ordinary income? Why not? Yeah. And can you do something else later? Now, when you sell a piece of it. You don't really sell it completely like that. It's you de-risk yourself, right? So you you're saying, well, I will secure ten million in my bank account, so I no longer have to worry about money at that point. It's like now in the next phases, unless I come out with a hundred, I'm not selling. So I'm gonna go bigger next time. Yeah. So so you keep a piece, you take it to a next level, and and so on. Right now, there aren't too many of you doing what you're doing, but it's a business that's gonna be sold. Yeah. You can go and look at the at the future and say, "This got me over here scratching it's my head." Exciting. No, 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 it's yeah, good. Yeah, and, yeah. and the only re- and I also want to just like if you go back into your history, I also think it has to do with this, where you think you can scale the business too. Mm-hmm. So if if you were you were in liquidity and uh, uh, merchandising, uh, merchandising and, and yeah. what yeah, so if you could have if you thought you could scale that, you probably wouldn't have exited when you did. Mm, if I, Boxy, but I wasn't able to scale without having some people around me, and then. Having that cash in the bank, knowing that on a, on a really raining day, yeah, fuck, I'm I'm still operating very. But boxy very charm as well, boxy charm as well. It was right time, right place. You didn't take it to IPO, you exited. You could have taken it to IPO, but you saw the sign, saw the writing on the wall. You're like, this is a good time. So when you look at your industry, when you look at Amazon. Ecom is is probably getting hit pretty hard in the recession, but it's not like it's not like it's Amazon not. Amazon is. You feel it on your end. I mean. Or, or are more people trying to go, go to I, Amazon? No, because I feel like people, I mean, no. Honestly, our numbers, no. I think we went through a period where it was tough with shipping and all that was kind of like, it kind of made a, like the, the block, the, the chain. Supply was, chain. Yeah, the supply chain was just kind of not right. We yeah. had to like be selective, but it's, we're not really seeing that anymore. It's yeah, I'll of, tell you why he doesn't also see it, because he's not affected by the iOS 14. He's already in Amazon. He has a different ecosystem. I'm talking about the people that, in, it, that purchase stores from him. I mean, well, your customers can all, be hit. But that's all, organic, isn't it? Yeah, because I mean, in terms of like, no, because here's the thing. People people are afraid to buy real estate right now, too. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? So, so this is a cash flow <laughs> like they business. Are. People are afraid, people are, yeah. are afraid to sell because what are you going to buy? You're going to buy, you know, you sell and you're going to have to go buy something, you know. Yeah. So I think people are, you know, I mean, I'll, I'll buy. I don't care. But it's like people are like, I, they don't, you know, right now. It's are you like, promoting yourself on a, a paid or, a, or say paid search or are you doing it just organic and just? <laughs> Now it's organic. Like, like we did do, we did. Yeah. I mean, organically, like our, we organic stems from keyword search terms and the volume could decrease. No, 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 no. If you do paid on paid, you pay every click and you get the wrong clicks when it's organic, organic, it's much easier for, for the algorithm to go and give you the right traffic. They're not, nothing is paid. So if someone is just searching something, and he's, he sees people talking about this organically on stories. Like, like so set up on. Amazon store would be a, a keyword, yeah. a long tail keyword seen, search term. I've, there. I haven't seen Wi-Fi doing any any paid. They've done everything organic. I don't even know what Wi-Fi. What are you talking? There are another guys over here. It's it's just it's a it's the same exact thing, right? You, you know those guys? Yeah, but I don't know if they're doing what we're doing. Like there's so many people similar. Not, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's similar. It's similar. It's explain what they are. The explain what lines. they are so people it's, understand. It's the same thing. That you, they sell you a store on Amazon for forty grand. Oh, okay. It's just called Wi-Fi. But what they'll do is they go organically and they show how much money they're making. You want to make money, come here, click here and all that stuff. Okay. It, that's, that's pretty much the idea. And people are there and they're making money. And I know people that are doing good with them. So it's a, it's a thing that works, right? People, and the idea was that 
whenever I understood what you're doing, I said, okay, I see what it is. You cannot go and have one store selling, say, uh, a cookware that's non-branded cookware and just scale so much. But they find that everybody find that, oh, you know what? If I have two or three stores, each one get a new prioritization after a while. So, okay, how do I get more? Ah, well, it has to be someone else. I can create so many LLCs on my name. Yeah, exactly. They find out, okay, let's get yeah. other people. Oh, you know what? Let's let them pay for it. And then that and is get, the formula. shut down. Like, if you have stores that are linked together, they'll yeah. get shut down, you know? And a lot of these people, like, they don't even know what to do when that happens, you know? A lot of for a while people were were taking money and they were sending it you know they're you know they're getting these people in India to like back run yep. the back end of these stores and they were trying to drop ship right drop shipping was really good like yeah. 2016 2017 yeah. like it was, it was very easy to Until get it wasn't <laughs> and then and then then Amazon like started restricted because I mean it just I don't know I think they were they were getting cut out they were getting you know a lot of they were getting cut out. Like that's yeah. what the hard part like. that you did. The hard part that you did is you needed to know what to sell. Exactly. This is the hardest part. So, and then the second part is systemizing it, making sure that the the quality, of the experience is going to be at the right quality. Yeah. You store the right merchandise. <laughs> you know what to sell. You take the risk. Okay, someone else doesn't want to do it. Like, I'll give you the money. I'll do revenue split, whichever it is. I am going to turn our, profit. Our clients better. don't care. Like, they don't really care what we're selling. As yeah. long as they see sales and they see it the revenue, matter. like, they yeah. don't care, really. Yeah. And a lot of times they're like, I can't even believe it. Because some of the stuff we sell, they're just like, what? Microcore, like hundreds, thousands of dollars of microcore. Yeah. Like, why? Like, yeah. People buy. Know, but people yeah. are buying it. And so. stuff for selling on, on places like Amazon more than you're going to just open. If you're going to open your own website for an ad product, it's going to be very hard to find that consumer. But the consumer, if I've seen this with makeup, when I had the liquidation business years ago, I would have eBayers and Amazon sellers walking in every day, mm -hmm. every morning waiting for my containers to come. And they would know exactly when they're coming. They would call them. They would just come in and they would scan the items, the Amazon, but they would scan it. So you'd find those ad discontinued products that some brands would do. So Maybelline, uh, mascara, pink color. Yeah. Nobody buys a pink color. But guess what? The only one that wanted that pink color would search for it online. So they would buy it for me for a dollar because I bought it for 55 cents and I wanted to get rid of it because just like that, people don't buy it. But they would come in and how many do you have? 20,000, give it all. And there were, a friend of mine, she sold it all for $13 a piece, right? And it was like, I think I sold her 20,000 units. And she, like this, within a week or two, bam. All those people who wanted that particular crazy <laughs> color, and there are multiple crazy color, but that particular color, oh, yeah. you can scan it, you can see. This is the ranking. This is what they're selling for. Give it all. And I think that's the, the coolest thing about what, exactly what you're talking about with what we do is like, we're never locked into one product, right? Yeah. Like, we're never Tons. so, no matter what happens, if some product just goes off, the, we can we can sell it, right? Yeah, if we get yeah. the right to do so. It's like we're never, especially when the pandemic hit, like we really started to see. So like, it's a whole like, so like building out like an Amazon like storefront, like if there's no one genre of product, does it not, does it not matter at all? Like if you can just pivot products like that, if you oh, can go from like matter. toys to, I don't know, this Well, like you still have to, again, you have to be ungated in these categories. You have to have still Lego. You can't sell Legos unless you have a, right. The Legos has said, yes, you can sell it. Like, yeah. You can't, or Amazon will shut your store down. Yeah. A lot of these people who are, are trying to run this, they're not doing things the right way. You have to have the relationships with these people. They have to give you the green light to say, again, it was box charm. You're not going to let somebody come sell your stuff. <laughs> Are you crazy? Like, you just wouldn't, right? Like reselling, so, reselling boxes on yeah, it. They, they, were, they were reselling them, And though, then you but, probably yeah. had somebody that's given, sending out cease and desist letters. Like, to well, I mean, mine, I didn't own a brand. I just found our so products it, on eBay. Like so I just found patches on eBay. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, people, once you sell, once you sell a product, if I sold you my product, okay, you have the right to do whatever you want with that. So when I technically sold you the box, you can do whatever the fuck you want with the box. And so the way we did this is you can only buy one box. You have to create a whole new email, everything. Yeah, right? yeah I got you. So the, the, you could have two or three and then some brands would say, hey, listen, I saw someone selling it. Yeah, but they had five boxes. They right. created five accounts right. and there was just nothing. But, uh, but ultimately, if you sell it, you lose the rights to go and complain. After that, here it is, my receipt. I bought it. It doesn't matter if it was full price. Well, and the reason for us getting the warehouse and kind of starting to hire more and because there's a huge opportunity in like the white private label space as well yes where that's kind of where we see the opportunity to go and again build some of these build a white private label brand and you know ultimately if you get to the source and you know you figure it out right you have you can sell multiple stores right multiple different brands and quick exits right build them and get rid of them yeah absolutely i've seen i've seen brands that are just amazon brands and they build, uh, we have a, have a friend that uh, has, I think he sells about 20, 20 million a year makeup brand on Amazon. You would never know what it is. He just has about 15, 20 million a year just on that makeup brand. Is that one store? It's one store. Yeah. Impressive. That's a brand. Yeah, that's impressive. I, I would say we'll do 30 million this year between probably, well, maybe more now that we have. And that's impressive between one store, you know what I mean? I mean Again, he's been like doing it for like a hundred years. Well, no, no, no. He's, he's young. <laughs> that's what he's I'm young. saying. But he's been doing it for a while, but it's makeup, so it's different. But I, I will tell you the difference between him and, and you is that when you when you do anything makeup related, it's it's kind of like challenging because supply chain is tough. Uh, makeup takes a minute to manufacture, but... But I, what I would say is that it doesn't matter. Each one has its own business. How do you find it? How do you find, okay, so like I know there's tools that you can use to sort of search trending products and whatnot, but I feel like that's obviously not what you do. If you're hitting up trade shows, then you're like actually going to I mean, you can figure out who's there before you go, right? So before we even go to a trade show, you can look at the list and see. No, but if a product, so you probably have like a pretty good, a pretty good rate, like a win rate of what's going to actually. I mean, there's just specific hit. categories, right? Like, co- you know, yeah. like cosmetics is, is yeah. a great category, you know, home goods, toys, right? Anything baby related, just kind of like getting into these different categories and you're seeing the products, right? And so it's really, that's that yeah. it is, it comes down. Yeah. There is certain categories, be honest, like we were in the yeah. sporting goods, we've been selling like knives. Like, I don't know, I guess everybody's like, you know, you know, there's really a, crazy. You know, there's a guy that two guys I know from Israel that they ran this um, store on Facebook. I don't know if it's still on because at the time, Facebook, you could just sell anything. Mm-hmm. But they had a system. What, what they would do is they would have a way to find what are the trending products on. on that's what I was yeah, just saying. Yeah, yeah. So they have tools like that for Amazon, yeah. for sure. Yes, they would have tools. So what they'll do is they say, okay, here they would have a couple of stores and they would have um, spiders that would find all the products that have nudges. Yeah. If it's running out almost, they would know, okay, this is a trending product. Automatically, they would look for it in AliExpress because they would know that that's where they're buying it from. Right. They would say, okay, here's the price that it's in AliExpress. That's what they're selling it. This is going to be uh, where we can beat them on Facebook, just a penny less, whatever it is, create automatic and ad, boom, putting an ad set for it and start rolling this ad with a particular cack. Everything was already yeah, systemized. Yeah. So they'll sit down all day drinking beer <laughs> down there in Tel Aviv yeah. and all that. And the, the store was running and they would do 50 million a year. They would do like 5% profit, but 50 million a year. It was like sitting down. Like, everything was systemized. They just, they were developers. They were like, put that all in. Uh, but ultimately, if you take a couple tools, 
they can find the right product that are trending in, in an Amazon, it's easy because you can see the one that has the right ranking. So you can see the volume. Of course, the yeah. ranking gives you the volume over there. And then you can see, okay, I can get it for that price. How much can I sell it for? Let's buy more. And you can just tell the supplier, give me that amount. And right. yeah. Do you have, when you, when you, when you first uh, started speaking about like how like you were selling to consumers and then you started going B2B, um, I feel like a lot of brands go to Amazon before they talk to you. So do you have, and maybe I'm wrong, I don't know, but I assume yeah. a lot of people go to, so I mean, a lot of them tried, a lot of them don't even know how to I'm talking about like brand like, on Amazon. Like scaling your, <laughs> you know? scaling your business, like do you run into problems like that? Like how have you sort of solved for the fact that your average consumer is trying to afford like a 40 to $60,000 price tag, like middle class trying to start a store. Okay, so they maybe leverage a little bit of money, but ultimately it'd be an easier sale. I think we've spoken to this before. It'd be an easier sale if you just sold the businesses that wanted to move their brand onto Amazon. Yeah, but we also tell them like, look, if, on 40,000, five of it goes towards inventory. Mm -hmm. You don't need to use anymore if you don't want to. That's true. Yeah. So we don't ever encourage them to, to use their credit or anything to start purchasing more inventory until they've seen this business yeah. work, right? So we're yeah. like, we'll show you what we'll do with just 5K worth and, of inventory. But if you have right now 300 new stores, will it still be the same volume that you can sell within just one month? No, no. It's not. It's I mean, you, can't, you gotta, you got to build a reputation and a history with Amazon and like, it's still, it's like, it's, there's algorithms. It's like, it's really, no, but, but you, you're going to be able to, if, if you had this month and you sold, you know, say five stores and then another month you did very good. You went on our podcast and everybody calls you even <laughs> Bill Gates calls the Clissa man stuff. Now no one's doing vaccine. I need to make more money. He's buying from you some stores, like 300 of them, 3000 of them. Would you be able to go and scale those 300 or 3000 the same way that you're able to scale this? this well, you have a team that you have, you have limits on how many you can I roll mean, up. No? Yeah. And I think that's where it comes. Let's in. say that it was not a team limit. Is it an Amazon? Yeah. Limit? Because you still comes down to being able to find enough products. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so it's like, we also, you know, we have we have a lot of room right now for growth, okay. but there was a period where we kind of like didn't take stores for a while because we were like we want to be able to grow mm -hmm. internally before we we grow externally, right? Like in interesting, it was a good thing that we did because I was like we started to see like wait a minute, we got to make sure we have enough products, enough relationships, yeah. enough SKUs, enough things to sell before yeah. you know we go and try to sell. Be I think we're at the point now where we could probably take another 500 to 1,000 stores. Oh, wow. And Over a year, right? <sighs> over a month? No, I would say I would say probably over the next 12 to 18 months. Okay. And I would say at that point, like, I would probably be like good. I would probably not take any more. Well, until we strip. My, until, my suggestion right for you is. Uh, and I don't even know if we would go that high, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, I'm don't at know. the point yeah. now where I'm like. It just becomes more. It's be more, more head, more, 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 more head more. count. Yeah, it's like more you know, hiring. How, how, more. how? Look, okay, let's let's talk about your organization because I think when you said that, you know, when when your organization come to a limit in terms of running like chickens with their heads cut off, it, it basically shows a, a flat organization that need to be tiered a little bit. I mean, I ha I have some really really good people that are involved. And I think, you know, I'll be honest, like I've got burnt in business, like in this business. Right. And it, it got to the point where I was like trying to find the right people to partner with, yeah, kind of getting taken advantage of, you know, and it got to the point where I was like, I went back, I told my brother-in-law, I was like, bro, quit your job. 
I'm going to teach you what you need to learn. And, and this was like, th- no, no, this is my brother. I'm talking yeah, my yeah. brother-in-law. He's married. Oh, to, you're in-law. Okay. He's married. Yeah. He's married to, um, and Malachi was in school at the time. So I'm like, he's got to finish school. Yeah. Right. But I'm like, I got to come back to my family. Like the people I trust, the people that I know, this is before I thought we were yeah, ever going to be sure. as where we are now. And so since I did that and got the right people involved, like I'll be honest, like Jake and Drew, who, Drew's just a great friend from growing up. Jake's my brother. How many employees do you have right now? Not including where? Uh, ju- we have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tell me administration. That, um, we have 30 in-house now, and then we still have another, s- well, we have about 40 now um, in Colombia still. Okay, so takeaway customer service. I forget. Customer service warehouse, we'll, we'll discuss later. Just administration. We have 40. We have just under 40 right now. Okay. And they're divided into, say, people who search for products and things like that. Yeah, people, product research. We still do a lot of our, a lot of our product research is still overseas. We've gotten rid of a lot of people because we get better quality work over here, you know, and I have more control over here. I'm kind of a control freak. And so it's like. But we've found a couple people that are still in our office over there that are really good. I have no one is going to get the energy when they're in another continent yeah. or somewhere else from the founder, right? It's right. never the same. And so we have, we're kind of, we've, we had, we had like 90 people over there and we've like kind of like slowly yeah. gotten away and been hiring over here, but it's also hard to find the right person here that's willing to work yeah. for the price that the job is. And yeah. you know, you got to earn it, right? When I tell all of our people that come on, like if you are put your nose to the grind, like I'm going to take care of you, you know? And that's why we have people that have been around with us for the last couple of years, just because they're, yeah. you know, so, but I, I do think it's like, it gets to the point where it's, I don't know if you're able to, <laughs> the stuff does to take on more stores. Jenna did say that your glass is always empty. So she did. Yeah. Yeah. Helping your relationship here. <laughs> Uh, my girlfriend's giving me shit because yeah. she's like, Scott, it's a liquor podcast and your glass is always empty. I'm so like, Scott, you drink too quick. <laughs> yeah, Scott, listen, I mean, um, so we're going to have to ask now uh, Zeke about his, uh, so you you don't drink with us uh, alcohol. I'm, I'm, no. I yeah. brought the alcohol. You did you're, bring you're, the alcohol. I asked, I asked, was he Muslim? Why not? What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> I love to drink, honestly. That's the problem. No. Yeah, you know, we didn't we didn't good. even talk about your story, and your story is hell inspiring. You can go into whatever part you want, man. <laughs> no, I mean, I'll I'll keep it I'll keep it light, but it's you know, for me in my life, I love to party, I love to drink, I, lo- I mean, like a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. And it took me a, a you know, a couple DUIs, a couple times in jail to realize like. Just bad shit happens when I drink. (laughs) And so I kind of teeter tottered with it a little bit when I kind of, cause I'm like, you know, I'm an entrepreneur, right? Like you go out, you have a drink, you meeting. And I just kind of like, I would, I've always drank probably one, one too many. Right. And it it wasn't that anything bad ever happened, but I would wake up feeling shitty. Like I would wake up low energy, wake up just not like foggy mind. And I just was at a point where I'm like, you know, I lost my dad in December so, yeah. And so I, when, when that happened, I was like, he hated when I drank because I, I, I was wild. Right. You yeah. know, my brother's over here can tell you, like, I I'm the, like, we're going to party. Right. Yeah. So I was like, yeah. I brought you some good, you know, a good drink. You'll, you'll, you'll enjoy it. It's good <laughs> Kentucky bourbon. Yeah. Right. But that's really it. For me, it's a personal choice. I have no judgment. I love to still go out and have a good time. I still will, will have no problem bringing a bottle for the boys. Yeah, and yeah. <laughs> ultimately, it's just I've seen. Better things happen in my life since I've since I've stopped. You know, it's it's you're you're smart for thinking that way because ever since I moved down here too, it's like 
And it's easy to do it down it's here. It's easy down here. <laughs> it is easy. Like, I'll tell you right now. In Toronto, like seven months out of the year, you're you're in a house. Like you can go out if you want to, but it's a mission to go out. You got you to gotta go out, you know? It's not like you walk outside and there's like 25 <laughs> restaurants, bars everywhere. And you got to like, wear like 25 layers right, too, cool. right? Here, it's like you can walk down. We're in Fort Lauderdale. Like you walk yeah. down Los Olas, you hit any bar, any restaurant. Easy. Miami, there's an event from Monday to Friday. You have like Aoki on Monday. You have right. like, a, like, you know, you have Every day. major DJs all week. You have like Tiesto on Wednesday. Yeah, I'm dating myself. I'm sure there's more relevant DJs now with the point. <laughs> <laughs> there's that's a lot of there's a lot of partying all the time. I mean, like you can go out to a restaurant and then go to a bar like any night in Miami. A networking event will be on yachts and clubs. Like it's nonstop. Yeah, and I, and I you got you got This yourself. is this is one of the reasons I don't really travel as much anymore. I mean, people look at you've my been IG down here things. for how long? I mean, living in Florida, yeah, twenty one years. Yeah, yeah. I finished the army in Israel. Stay a little longer. Then I came down here. I was supposed to go and just do my. Just I was I was I, I completed my high school examinations after the army. Then I came down here. I did my bachelor in business, thinking I'll finish that, then go back. But but then I started my first company, the liquidation business. And you know what? How do you leave something that does? You know, it did good. So you know you get married and everything else. And now you you don't want to go back to Israel. It's like the, 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 I'm I'm no longer when I go back to Israel. I'm kind of like I feel like American. No Israeli who moved to America. I don't live like I don't feel like Israeli mm. over there. And over here, I'm feeling like Israeli who moved. Over. So it's a little bit different. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, I mean that's that's the thing. So you go to Mykonos, right? Like fuck, like I mean it's nice and all, but I mean you can go to the yeah, beach Miami, down the street. It's just yeah. a different topography or something, but it's all the same. Like I'm not. It's not another beach. Like ah, like give me something completely different. Maybe mountains. But yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not. Uh, yeah, nothing beats Miami. No, but that's why you got to pace yourself down here because you can you can oh, totally yeah. you can totally party all the time. And if you're trying to build anything, it's tough enough. It's already tough enough. Yeah, and you know, I did. I got married. And I had a daughter. It slowed me down a lot, right? Yeah. And I purposely chose to buy a house up north. So we live. I live in Parkland, so not yeah. too far north, but like. You wanted to stay away. Yeah, because I, like, I, I already anything. know like how I am, right? Like, yeah. I mean, dude, if I'm yeah. like down here in the heart of it, like, why not? We still go to Miami all the time, you know, but yeah. it's like I can go there. I can go out. I can go yeah. to dinner. I can have a good time and I can go back home yeah. and yeah. I can sleep and not have to worry about like just people everywhere around. Well, me. but it's, it's, it's actually interesting because all my many years over here, I never really went out. Mm. I started going out only when I had to take influencers out for boxy yeah. jump. That's when I started experiencing Miami. I had no idea. They, they would come from LA and they're <laughs> like, hey, we're like, going to go. And these I didn't people know. really are influencers. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm like, shit, this is really fun. What the fuck was I doing all this time? It's like, I mean, <laughs> like I, I started going at the time, Baoli, and then you hear about Poppy Steaks. Like, this is, right? this is fucking shit. What the hell all those years? And it was so different because when I met, when I met my, my wife, my ex today, but at the time we're dating and, uh, and I had this relative that a relative of mine that was a bounce. It was a, no, he was, um, it was uh, what, what do you call it? A guy that gets fill up the club with people. A promoter, club promoter, promoter, club yeah. promoter. And I told her, Oh yeah, my, my cousin, kind of like a cousin, not really a cousin, but his name is Manny. She's like, which Manny? The wine, the this, and she described like, Oh yeah, that's him. Like, like, Oh, I hate him. He never let us see. And I was like, so I called me, asshole, no. I'm dating a girl. She's like, tell her to come. I'll get her in. It's like, I had no idea about the club scene, how it is, because I was just busy making money. And here it yeah. is. You find out you don't have to fucking kill her. All those motivational speakers, like, 
you get it crying, you get here it is, you made it. You yeah. fucking made it without yeah. grinding like this. Like I yeah. was actually eating rice and ketchup. <laughs> and like, what the hell? I missed 20 years. Look at you. Well, you're, you're, like, you're, you're not hell? eating rice and ketchup now, so. <laughs> no, so now you can live life, man. But no, that's 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 very good. I mean, what you what you built now, it, it takes a lot of dedication. And I think that probably the reason why you're doing as well as you're doing right now is probably because you like set limits in your life. I mean, but you like, you hit, you hit rock bottom in a, in a very real way. Like people talk yeah. about hitting rock bottom. I, I don't think anybody can hear your story and compare I mean, their rock bottom to your rock bottom. Like multiple DUIs, right. arrest, jail. Mine, mine like, stems strictly from like mental health, right? So yeah. like I was, I was molested when I was a kid, right? Which my whole life changed when I was molested. How old? I was, I was, I had just turned 10 years old and it was by a man, right? And so for me, like I was a big kid at 10, kind of like, didn't I didn't tell anybody, and then I was really good at sports, right? So then it was like from the time I was like 13, 12, 13, like I was already really good. I went to high school. I got recruited by everybody, but I like had this – I didn't know how to deal with it, right? I well, didn't want to tell my mom, didn't want to tell – I just didn't – I froze up. I Like it didn't happen to me. Yeah. And so like that kind of stemmed this like anxiety and this like just really – like stirred up the mental health in, in me, right? And like I never – took care of that side of things, you know? And so I would drink to like yeah. not feel this shit or not think about this. And, or I would, you know, use drugs or women, like everything to like make me feel escape. good and escape. Right. And, you know, I think part of the reason why I choose not to drink now is like, I had every opportunity. If I would have just not made some of the decisions, I mean, I would, I would be making hundreds of million dollars, hundreds of millions of dollars right now in the NFL. Like it's a no brainer. We're seeing these NFL quarterbacks sign, $280 million contracts to play football. I was a five-star quarterback. He was like, there. I, you know, it was Jameis Winston, number one. I was number two. Jameis has been in the, in the NFL for, you know, wow. eight years. And like, it was a no-brainer. And even if I, I didn't, you know, I could have had a really average career and probably been a backup for, like, 10 years, you know? Like, I still would have made money. And so, for me, I was like, this is the only way I'm going to make money was football. How so, do you, but, but back to that point, before you keep going, how did you ever get over that? That's, I mean, I, so did you ever do processing with uh, Yeah, so I came, so I, I moved to Florida. I actually, so let me back up a little bit. I got, got really bad for me to the point where I was like, screw football. I'm done with this. It's brought, it's brought nothing but like chaos and just like negative publicity to me. Like I was always in the spotlight. I didn't handle it well. I had just gotten kicked out of Auburn basically for another DUI, right? Like they had no choice. The media was like, it, there was no choice. They had to let me go. To where I was dating a girl at Louisville who had passed away. I'm like, I can't go back to Louisville. It was just a lot of crazy shit was happening in my life. And I got to like very soon. Like I was I was ready to die. Like I was going to kill myself. And that's like the same night I was going to kill myself. I was literally going to drive back in the woods. And I was like, this is it for me. Like I was, 20, I was March 6, 2016. I was 23, 22 years old, I think. And I, I was just, I was done. Like I was strung out on cocaine i was you know i was drunk all the time like had a really bad xanax addiction from a prescription from a doctor because that was going to fix my anxiety issues and it just was like this crazy i was just in a fog and literally the same night i was gonna like i was driving to go back in the woods and kill myself i got pulled over and like i remember not really like knowing i was pulled over but not really knowing what was going on and i remember i woke up like two days later i kind of like came to isolation jail cell and I spent the next 364 days in jail. 
I watched my draft class in jail, you know, like a lot. It was kind of in there. I was like, like what? I got to figure, I got to figure out my life. Like, I'm definitely not going to be a jailbird. Like, I'm, 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 you know, my dad played 13 years in the NFL. I came from a good family. Like, you know, I'm not, this isn't who I'm supposed to be. Right. And so it was kind of in there that one, I like kind of dove back into my faith and like really strengthened my faith and like kind of started to realize like there's things that I need to like, I need to focus on personally. Right. Like there's things that all happened to in jail. Say what? It all happened to in jail. When I, when I realized all this, I got like, I I was sober, right? Like I got my mind cleared up and I'm like feeling all these emotions. I'm sitting in here with like, dudes that are getting ready to go to prison for like 20 years, you know, like I'm just like, not, I don't yeah. belong here. Like I, this yeah. is just not where I belong, but it was also in there that I realized like, you know what, no matter what is good. Like I have no idea what the future holds. Like I, I don't, I didn't see anything, everything that was happening to me right now. I n- didn't see any of it. I was just like, I know that God has something more for me out there. Like I kn- there's a reason why I didn't kill myself that night. There's a reason why I'm in jail and there's a reason why, like, they're not, there's no bond. Like, I would, my dad would have bailed me out. Like, I had no bond. And I was facing 15 years in prison because I got caught with cocaine, possession of firearm, like, and it was just like, just like another all in the media, right? Like, yeah. just a lot of guilt and shame and just remorse. And so when I got out of jail, I started speaking. I had like tons of people. How reach. did you get out of the 15 years? What happened? I, I went to, so I had to go to this like program in jail and it was like, a, it was a eight month, pro, nine month program that I had to basically it's jail, but it's like a program in like jail. A re- rehabilitation like, or not, what? No, it was like, it was inmate ran. <laughs> like talk about like having an inmate okay. tell you what to do, but it was like, <clears throat> couldn't like, if you, you know, like you, you had to, I had to get through this nine month program in order for me to get out. What's the, like what do they do? If I would have gotten in you? trouble, if I would have caught a charge in there, if I would have done it, it was nothing. It was just some chaotic, like military style, like just set was you it, up for was failure. It oh, was it, was it the good thing? Or it was, was it? really weird because it was in there that I like, I, I just was so like myself in there. I was like, I don't really care. I don't know. None of these people, I don't care what they think about me. Like I'm going to like, I'm not going to act like put this front on. Like I'm this tough guy. Like, and people respected that. Right. I'm a big dude. Huh. Nobody. So that's was, like an AA tech, technically where you sit down and said, my name is Joe and I'm an addict. Something like right. that. But it was like, lock, you were, we were locked in a jail cell. Like we yeah. was still a jail cell. It was like, you could go to, you would go to a library for a group and then you'd be back in your cell. Like, and it was just set you it's up weird. for failure. Right. Yeah. Like they wanted you not to get through it. But if you got through it, it would give you time off the end of your sentence. Yeah. But not 15 years. So, well, for me, it was like, look, if this dude can can get through this shit, we'll we'll give him, we'll see, we'll see where he's at. Because they didn't think I could get through it. They thought he, you know, interesting. So, and so I ended up going back from the judge, and he literally told me, he's like, look, you come back here, and you'll serve every last second that you have on the shelf, which was like three and a half years would have been the time I would have had to serve, right? Okay. So I was like, all right. So when I got out, I started speaking. I had tons of people reaching out to me because again, I was after like, prison. Yeah, because like I was pretty like high profile, you know, and so people were like, do you want to come tell your story? Right. So I started traveling and speaking and sharing my story. But I still had a like and I spoke to over 300 different high schools, middle schools, universities all across the country over like a two, like a year and a half, almost two year span. And I was just speaking everywhere. I started making like, you know, I started making decent money doing it, but it became more like a job for me. Right. I started in the beginning doing it because I 
felt like my story had purpose. There was, it was to help a kid not make the same decisions, not have to feel the same way I did. If they went through what I went through at nine years old, you can tell somebody you don't have to wait till you're 23 and try to, you know, self-medicate for many years, you know, like it, when you was, speak, when you speak to so many uh, schools and, and children, you feel like it changes you because first you have to kind of like put yourself in the shoes of a role model. And then you also in, get to inspire yourself. And you said, I, I give my a little bit more discipline than what I had yesterday because I just spoke and I have tomorrow another engagement. It, or yeah. Like in the beginning, yes. But I felt like the ending of my story was so shitty at the time. Okay. I'm like, I went to jail and here I am telling you about it. Like, you know, <laughs> I was really good. I blew it all away and here I am. Like, I just felt like there was more for me, right? Mm -hmm. And I also was telling my story and like, I'm continuing to almost remind myself of the shit that I went through without getting any help. I came to Florida to get help. I came down here and checked into a treatment center to get help for my mental health. Mm -hmm. I had no idea I was gonna stay down here. And then when I got through that, I started like, I start, got a really good therapist. I started to like- What did you end up in Florida though? What was specifically special about Kentucky versus Florida? It, I, it was gonna be nice weather. I thought oh, okay. maybe that would be like, you know, take a break. Oh, yeah. go, I wanted to go somewhere for like 90 days and like really figure, like I needed, oh, wow. I needed help, you know? Like I didn't, I was, I don't, I don't didn't wanna die, you know? Yeah. Like I don't wanna feel this way, you know? Like I have a great life. I. I I didn't know where I was going to be, but I just knew I needed to figure out because I felt like, you know, I was, I was just on the verge. Like, it just, I didn't see anything in the future, right? And so that's what I did. And when I came down here, I, like, I was like, dude, I don't want to leave here, right? Like, look at it. Look at this place, you know? Yeah. And so I chose to stay, and I was also like, you know what? I'm going to give this football thing a shot again. Like I was Good thing you didn't go to Seattle. Right, <laughs> that would have been really depressing, you know. Well, it's funny because people shoot themselves over there. It's funny because I went to. I actually, I started. I started training again. I got. I got an opportunity to go play for the Indianapolis Colts, um, and I was up there for a little bit. I got cut, and the XFL actually had reached out to me. And they by the way, by the way, when I read his document, he said he joined the Colts, and I said you joined the Colts. That's what I understood. Then I was oh. Football, because I don't know. Okay, good. But anyway, so then the XFL, which was like another organization, now The Rock actually. Yeah, I know the XFL. But Seattle was like, we want you to come out. We want you to come out and play for us. It was like $60,000 a year. I was like. So I'm what is not. XFL semi-pro? They had shut down. They, they shut down the pandemic and The Rock oh, bought them, okay. and now they're going to do it again. But it was, I'm thankful I didn't do that. And for me, when I went back to play football, I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna, if, if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. But I'm just gonna, I wanna put a helmet on my head and be like, I made it back, right? And it, what's Completely whatever. being ignorant, but isn't that true that NFL players die when they're 50? I mean, is it true the whole life expectancy? It's not really a thing. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I mean, I think my I mean, I heard that tough. one time. I read it in Instagram memes. So I no, I, I don't disagree. True. I think that it's a, it, like, listen, any sport where you get smashed up for like years at a time, <laughs> violent. Yeah, like violent. You're, 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 I don't know if you die, but I'm sure like, I mean, dementia, they, they claim dementia, that the life expectancy, Alzheimer's. The, the life expectancy for a football player is 51 years old. Like, I, I'm sure rugby. I would is say you take out the like, kickers and the one that kicked the ball doesn't have that problem. I feel like nowadays has. they have better technology in the game. So there's like a little better equipment, but dude, when, years old. When my dad played like, yeah, like when you,
I know a lot of entrepreneurs listen to this show and NetSuite has been a huge supporter for entrepreneurs, for business owners, because there's one thing that we all know. Business is about making money and it's about your bottom line. And the less you spend on the nuts and bolts of running your business, the more profits you keep. But these days, everything is costing more. Supplies, people, shipping. It squeezes your margins. And I've been there juggling multiple systems for finance, inventory, you name it. Each with its own costs and its own set of headaches. That's why I made the switch to NetSuite by Oracle. It's changed our company. Think about it. NetSuite is one of the top financial systems out there. It puts your whole business on one platform, accounting, finance, the works, one data source for everyone. There's no more mismatched info. And because it's in the cloud, it slashes your IT costs. No more servers, no more updates. Just access NetSuite from anywhere. With one integrated suite, your overhead drops big time. And here's the real win. Efficiency. Everything's connected in NetSuite. Costs are ridiculous lately. Find a proven way to reduce your expenses and get better performance out of your team. It's a no-brainer, and that's what NetSuite offers. Over 37,000 companies have figured this out already. You have to join them. Right now, through to April 15th, NetSuite's got an incredible, flexible financing plan. Check it out and see the savings yourself at netsuite.com slash Clary. That's netsuite.com slash Clary. Hiring as a small business owner is a major pain. That's why LinkedIn is supporting today's episode. You need people with the right skills and experience, but finding them can take forever. It is incredibly frustrating to keep seeing candidates who just aren't a good fit, and that's why LinkedIn Jobs has been a game changer. Let me tell you a little story. We needed to hire a graphic designer, somebody with specific tech and software knowledge and the ability to truly understand our brand. And I started with all the usual job boards, and it's the same old story. Tons of irrelevant applications. No one's really matching my needs. I tried LinkedIn Jobs, and the quality of candidates was just on another level. People with impressive portfolios, relevant expertise. I finally felt like I was interviewing the right people. That's truly the power of LinkedIn's massive professional network. You're tapping into this huge pool of talent you simply wouldn't find on other sites. It's about finding those niche candidates you actually need. And with the right people in front of you, hiring becomes a breeze. Did you know that 86% of small businesses find a qualified candidate on LinkedIn jobs within 24 hours. That is how well their system works. Honestly, do yourself a favor and try LinkedIn jobs next time you're hiring. You can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash excellence. That's linkedin.com slash excellence. Terms and conditions apply, but it's definitely worth trying out. I don't know about you, but the idea of being harassed, scammed, or even worse, all because somebody found my personal information online, that's terrifying. Our political opinions, our addresses, even stuff about our families, it's out there for anyone to grab. And did you know that data brokers are allowed to sell information on over 98% of Americans? It's scary stuff. That's why I've partnered with Delete Me. I personally use Delete Me. They're a big friend of the podcast because I put myself out there online. So safety is a huge concern. It's really scary how easy it is to find someone's details and information. But Delete Me creates a layer of protection that we all need. You tell Delete Me what you want gone and they make it disappear from those sketchy data broker sites. And Delete Me doesn't stop. They constantly monitor the web to keep your information off those lists. It's like having a privacy watchdog that never sleeps. You need to take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me. They're giving a special discount for all Success Story podcast listeners. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com 
com slash success and use promo code success at checkout. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash success and enter code success at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash success. Hey everyone, I just want to take a second and thank the sponsor of today's episode, Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond Bourbon. Now I don't have a lot of liquor sponsors on this show. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is actually one of my favorites. I've drank it for a few years now, and this is why we actually decided to work together. Heaven Hill Distillery, family-owned since 1935, is a great entrepreneur story too. So there's five brothers. They filled their first whiskey barrels back in 1935, and their legacy still lives on today. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is aged over seven years. That's three more than required by the Bottled and Bond Act of 1897. This means the best quality, the best purity, and the best consistency. This is not just average bourbon. It's the winner of the double gold medals at multiple 2023 World Spirits competitions, and they've won the very prestigious Triple Still Award. It's a very big deal in the liquor and bourbon world. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond boasts an exceptionally smooth oak flavor, while its aroma offers a sweet blend of caramel and smooth vanilla. If you love bourbon, you need to try Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond. Available nationally, look for a bottle at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Think back to your last few days in the office. Did any of them leave you feeling really accomplished? Not the kind of day where you're running around like crazy, but where you've made real progress on something that matters. Because being busy doesn't always mean being productive. And I bet you we've all been there. And maybe it's time to rethink what it means to get things done. Today's episode is sponsored by Belay, and what they help you do is, instead of getting sucked into emails and to-do lists, they help you delegate tasks and focus on big goals. They can connect you with top-notch U.S.-based talent who are ready to take on those time-consuming tasks that bog you down. Let's be real. There are way more important things you could be doing than bookkeeping or wrangling a packed inbox. They have virtual assistants to handle all of those pesky administrative tasks or accounting professionals to take care of all your financials. But here's the best part. You don't have to waste weeks searching for the right person. Belay's personalized matching service works quickly, sometimes matching you with the right talent to take stuff off your plate in under a week. Are you ready to try a different way of working? Check out Belay's list of the top 25 things you can delegate to a virtual assistant. It might just change your business and your life. Text success, that's S-U-C-C-E-S-S, to 55123 to get the list and to start transforming your to-do list with Belay. See a helmet nowadays versus the helmets they wore oh, wow. then? Like, and this is, I'm talking, these dudes, think about back in the day, they weren't leather helmets. Like, yeah. you know? wow. But like even my dad's helmet, like it was just a shell. Like it was still not, that, nowadays, yeah. the technology is pretty crazy in okay. it now where now they don't, you hit with your head, you get a flag. Like yeah. they yeah. really are trying, but these dudes are still violent. They're, they're getting paid millions of dollars to go out and put their life on the line. Like yeah. they're playing it at a high level. They're, they're violent. So, I mean, I would say, yeah, you know, I don't really want to know what, yeah. Man, I remember. I remember. No, because you said it's a, it's a thing. You could have been hundreds of millions. I'm like, yeah, but you would enjoy it less time. So. You're right, yeah. and you know what? That's why you maybe maybe God had a bigger plan for me. Maybe it wasn't yeah. football, right? You know, and I don't know. <laughs> it didn't work out, but everything's worked out. I feel like the way it's supposed to. So, do you feel like uh, going out now is less because and it helps your business, 
because I still have to kind of like understand how people are making it while they're still partying and I didn't party all those years. <laughs> like, <laughs> I want to know that it wasn't a mistake. Tell me I'm, I'm kind of like okay No, I mean, to be honest with you, you saying that you didn't do that for many years and you just sold your company for X was, amount of dollars. Like, yeah. dude, I look at that and I'm feeling like, honestly, in my person, some people can do it. Yeah. Some people can drink and wake up in the morning yeah. and just get shit done. And I mad respect for them people but i can't right yeah. and so i feel like from the success i just wouldn't enjoy i just couldn't enjoy my from the successful people i feel like if you ask them do they do it like there's no way there's no way they're out I mean, maybe after they've built that one i think that's a thing that I one think that, so this yeah. is cool. now now it's gonna yeah, be different now it's me. different well i think i think so this also, is the issue i have i have an issue with like instagram entrepreneurs I have a big issue with that. The people talk about like only lifestyle and all they're doing is events and partying and whatnot. And they're not putting that is their business. That you is have business. to be there. Otherwise they're irrelevant. Yeah. Yes. I mean, yeah. for some of them, I have a buddy that makes, you know, 200 grand to show up. I have a, and just yeah. throw a party at a bar. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah. But that's not, that's not, we're not talking about like 200 grand. We're not talking about a million. We're talking about how do you build like 50 million, hundred million dollar business. And I think that it, it's it's an insane amount of effort and energy. Oh yeah, and you have to be like I know that there's all these motivational you know quotes about this, but you have to like shut a lot of your life out to get to that level. Like shut a lot of the social out to get to that level. I don't I think, think it's something uh, happens by uh, the, the phrase is um, an entrepreneur is giving a couple uh, sacrificing a couple of years of your life like no one would, so you can uh, live the rest of your life like no one could. Yeah, exactly. And that's yeah, the, that's, uh, that's the idea. But I mean, I have a friend that exit right. And uh, a bigger exit. And mine was 500. He was 720. And uh, he's, he wasn't even 30 <laughs> at that time. But check this out. He was partying the whole fucking time. See? Until the, and yeah, then after wow, that, I, when I thought you can party more than what you party now, then he was like going even more. He was just everywhere. Yeah, yeah, out, yeah but how many? Okay, so how many? So what was his percentage <laughs> on the cap table? I mean, no, like, no, no, no. Pretty good. Pretty good. No, no, okay. no. He's, 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 he's good. And I'm telling you, that, that was the, the thing. Is there's more than one way to skin What's he feel like? You know what I mean? Like what? He's, he's actually, business wasn't that far from yours. He's a fulfillment center. And he sold for such a high multiples because during 2020, everyone thought, oh, the world is moving online. Okay, let's... The same company that made him the offer for 720 was Summit Partners. In the be in beginning of the year, in uh, January 2020, they offered him 120. And then... They came back and they said, we'll give you 720. Someone else offered him 900, but he declined the 900 because the percentage that they want, they wanted to buy on a higher valuation, but uh, just a smaller How piece. How did he go from 120 to seven? You said 100. Oh, that was COVID. COVID, everything that, that moved was online. Cool. <laughs> everything <laughs> moved online. The, the, yeah. the valuations were like insane. What was the valuation he got? 720. No, no, no. Uh, the multiple. Oh, you know? no, the company was doing like 120, 130 million a year. It wasn't that big. I mean, it was big. It was growing fast, but still they said, okay, that's going to be trillions of dollars, gazillions of, so they thought no one is going to buy anything in stores anymore. We're going to shut down all the stores mm. in America. So but that's what you, that you took advantage. So he took advantage of right timing, right place too. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's what you, back to what no, you but said. Still, like, but yeah, it was, it was the right still, time to exit. Yeah. That, no, Not being afraid to, to get out. Exit at the right time is probably superior to entering at the right time. Yeah. Yeah. It's a period. I mean, not that there's no value to enter at the right time, but exit at the right time because when it drops, 
you have to sell when you don't have to sell. Yeah, exactly. And you know, you need to know that whenever, every, when everyone tells you, oh, you're going to be so big, that, 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 that is when you want to sell it. Yeah. Don't listen to that. Don't let the chatter in the room clot you from, you said, listen, how can you say no for a couple hundred millions? Who the fuck going to say no when I was eating rice and ketchup a minute ago? <laughs> yeah. You got to take it and get exactly. shut the fuck up. That's a crazy. Okay, that, that was, that was the, the idea. So it's like when you go out, and I remember that I was, some people were saying, oh, you can go if it was public, billions and billions. Said, so look, it was right here on the table. The money was already secured by the banks, but from the buyers. How am I going to say, no, it's just, I know that a couple more weeks and I get the money. Mm. Why am I going to wait a year more during COVID? Everything is, is going to fall apart. Like, it's just the correction is going to come in 2021. What it's about, not that hard what about to you? What do you think you're going to do? I mean, we always said, like, at 100 million, that's what we wanted. We wanted to be doing 100 million dollars. You know a year. what the multiple is on like a on like a Amazon store as a service business? I think we're at the point now where we've really started focusing on those relationships where there there's a you know if you have the right people in place, and I think somebody comes in and makes makes the right offer on it, you know. But yeah. it's still, did you take investment bankers? Say what? You yeah, take investment, you bring you investment, investment bankers to look no, into a business? We, we, have we? Yeah. yeah. No, we haven't done anything. You're 100. Say what? You're 100 owner right now. Yeah. So we have, I haven't done, I haven't done anything, and that's where it's like, you know, I'll give you, I'll give you a, a million for fifty percent of the business. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, but we, like, do we just and even like I'm telling you, like my brother-in-law, my sister works for me, my brother works. Like, dude, we've just like they quit. My sister was a teacher; she quit her job. My brother-in-law was awesome. making quarter million dollars a year; he quit his job. Like. And it's just been so fun to build it with my family. Yeah. And like, you know, like I said, my dad passed away in December. It was terrible. But like to know that like my family's good, my mom's good. I'm taking care. We just bought another house down here. Like we're good. You know what I mean? And so, again, we do want to exit and it's always a plan. It's always been a plan for us. But we're at that point where we're going to double. We're going to double in revenue this year. And I think we're going to double again the following year, maybe okay, triple. Amazing. And so it's like, we're, we're right there where we're like more confident than we've ever been in this business. And so it's like, we want to just run with the momentum that we have. You know, right now. Do you know the size of your competitors? Do you have any indication? I mean, you talked about like seeing these different Amazon stores acquired, right? I mean, they're getting acquired from multiple seven, eight figures just like every day, right and left. So I... Have you seen some? Do you know the numbers behind this? I, you can go and look up some of these stores that are getting acquired. I mean, there's been nine-figure Amazon stores acquired, you know, that are, and you you go and you look at these. And, it's and what just is like, like, what is it? It, it, it may it, not even it, be in America, right? What does like a nine-figure like, Amazon store look like? What, like, is I that mean, like a, is that like a store I'd recognize now? Like the majority when, of them are going to be a specific category. Category. Right? Okay. So, yeah. They Which own is the space. It, yeah. 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 So there's like also and then like, pro, like a not non-generic product, I'm assuming at that point, like something that's it like, it doesn't have to be, it can be generic. If yeah. for, for nine figures. Cause when you buy an Amazon, it's, it's or a, just like a collection of products. I think either, or if you can do the, I mean, it's just, it's so crazy. That when blows, you, it just blows my mind. Like there's more people that are buying dollar plus more people are buying store. on Amazon now than ever. Like we know that. And we're seeing that, you know, based on just some of the softwares and things that we use. I mean, it's like crazy. The amount of people, I mean, 300 million active users every day, every single day. And that's like on the low side probably. And there's yeah. only 2 million sellers. Look, I mean, it's a flea market by the end of the day. When yeah. you go to a flea market, you don't have to worry about location, location, location as much. It is, but it's not. It's just you, when you go outside of the flea market, you have to position your store in the right place. You have to 
make sure that there's enough parking and all that stuff. But when is a, when is it's a flea market, everyone park their car and they're walking and they want to see everything because they're searching for deals. Mm-hmm. This is Amazon. Amazon is definitely that place. And it's not always about the brand over there because a lot of the brands will sell the products. But if you want the product branded, it's, it's not necessarily the spot yet. They're trying, they're trying, they're trying heavily to go into the beauty space and they've been failing because of the cool factor. Yeah. Amazon haven't built a, a brand that's kind of like a brand, a brand builder. It's not a brand builder. Do you notice like, uh, do you notice any sort of uh, correlation between a successful Amazon product and a successful D2C product? Like if somebody spins up a good Amazon store, would they take that, open up a Shopify store, run some ads, see similar success? I feel like Shopify is more for if you're trying to go towards a brand or a specific category, right? Where you can really, you're trying to, Amazon, the best thing about it is you have to, you really don't have to drive any traffic. Like there's no, you know, you can do PPCs and things like that. Yeah, but, but this is right. Like, have you tried say, okay, this is your store and you can take some of your inventory and, and put it in the Shopify. In Shopify. And then when someone gets your product said, look, if you come in from our store or something like that, first order 15%, whatever it is, if they're recurring members buying from you something, then you can keep their credit card, keep their email, keep recurring. all their information. And then eventually you can go and create your own brand behind this. But that's a, that's a long-term play, but you have to place the product yeah. inside. And you have to put... That's what you guys did with BoxyCharm, wasn't it? No, no, no. No, didn't you, didn't you have reoccurring, though? Didn't they have... Wasn't it like well, a membership Boxy or something? is a monthly beauty subscription. It's a monthly beauty So I get your... And we never worked through Amazon. Yeah, you had yeah. to come to my site. I had this because... Did, what did you use? Did you... you just straight your own website. You didn't use any. You didn't use Shopify. You didn't use Shopify no man, uh, we did. We and did. probably would have helped you. It was multiple. It was multiple times. Like we we changed our, our website platform. Did you develop times. like like a subscription? Yes platform and no. Yourself? Yes and no. I mean, at the end when we sold it, um, we had um, a Magento Enterprise Edition. So it's a plugin. It was very customized. It was proprietary for us. Everything was made for us. I'm. A, it's it's kind of like a. I'm giving you a kind of like a platform to go and mush whatever you need over there and that was uh, it's, it's all code I, I then shopify took off and we're like shit we should have done shopify because shopify you can find developers for shopify mm-hmm. anywhere you yeah. can find and them and my like, god yeah. like the, the subscription that, revenue go, plugins you like go yeah. to the you go to the app Where, store you download like um i think it's recharge is the one or there's a million others but like yeah it, everything you put it in your after. store it's so easy yeah. it's yeah, like but, so but, easy. but i will say, i will explain once you go to subscription because they were not built for subscription you don't have all the perks you have right now when you just do a regular e-com stuff so when you do e-com regular stuff regular sales you find your, you can go and pay Apple Pay. You, you have all those plugins. When you do your own subscription, none of those plugins you can do with Apple Pay. You can do Venmo. You can do any of those. So you have to create that. You have to build that up. And then, but the thing is, it's very hard to find a Magento developer. That's good. Compa- Most developers don't want to touch Magento. Very easy to do Shopify. And uh, and that's that's it. But eventually, we, we, we get what we needed. We were very, very creative. And we had uh, our platform on it. But it was all about... It was all about building on, uh, we are, in fact, we didn't even have developers until 2017 when we had 250,000 subscribers. We had a team building in the back end a new platform for us and we launched it in 2018. That's how crazy it is. So we're a bipartite technology company grossing 50 million a year, but we had one developer. And he was a very junior developer and we were using something kind of like, it's a third party called, I forget their name, and uh, and it was really hard to work with them. It just it was not made for. It was made for subscriptions, but 
for small companies. It's a huge barrier to entry. Like, like a really overcomplicated huge. tech stack is a huge barrier. Like, I mean, like, that's why Shopify did so well yes. for such a long time, right? Yeah. Because it just eliminates the barrier to entry. They want that space. They have better, they have superior yeah. products. And what are the, what are the competitors? Else. Like I mean, WooCommerce still or whatever? Winning. I think Shopify is still winning that space because yeah. we're, we're doing it right now. And like I said, we've started to do some white and private label brands and start to build brands and we're, 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 we're toying with it, right? And it's like... What are you, what are you toying with? What are you, like... So private label brands or something that yeah so private label brands uh we we just got into the candle space believe it or not glass and candle okay. which was like we what does it cost you to make a candle uh, it we have like we have there's two different sizes one probably costs us about seven to eight dollars and the bigger ones ten to eleven dollars that's your cost yeah and we're selling them for. 60 and 70, 50, 60, $70. That's, there's a lot of money in candles. And then, you know, they may be a little more expensive. They have a top, right? So yeah. it may end up maybe 15 bucks, mm -hmm. you know, and we're selling them for 50 bucks minimum. Yeah. It's, it's definitely a business because there's n there are some brands obviously out there that are selling their candles. But if, if you like the scent and you like the, uh, I have, I have a lot of a good experience using candles in a box kind of like as a one-off in a bigger boxes that we sold and it was it was very successful you guys should talk more <laughs> yeah. yeah i can't some dinner yeah i know for real <laughs> yeah for sure no but i have mad respect for you just because it's like it's even to hear you like how you did it without like i was fully like they had to use shopify just thinking that's what that's yeah, what we it didn't was so like, many that had to you had to go through a lot of hurdles Cause I mean, you see this missing hair over here. <laughs> what do you think I have that? It was I was born with more hair. It wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't just. I mean, uh, like, I mean, after, we didn't after, mistakes. So after my last company, like, last company just SaaS, right? So we have API, API integrations into Stripe, and like this company now, like we're just pure Shopify. Like wasn't even a question. Yeah. It was like you know you know who uses Shopify, Fashionova. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two billion a year, yeah. whatever, billions. Yeah. Fashionova. Yeah. Boom. Like you don't have, yeah, you can modify so much within it and it's just such a reliable platform that yeah. you don't have to go and reinvent everything that was already invented. Yeah. It's definitely not necessary. Many times you find um, engineers coming in and, and they'll say, let me build everything from scratch, but you're going to go through way more problems if you. Yeah. And it's it's really easy. And that's like a minimum 50 to $100,000 project too. Easy, easy. Yeah, if easy. they didn't rip you off and they're actually yeah. being working for you per salary and they know what they're doing and they're half good. Yeah. It, it costs us using Magento and the development, I would say millions, yeah. put it all together with everything else. And we needed that right? because there's nothing else for subscription at that right. capacity. Would, it just yeah. did not, there's nothing else at that enterprise. You need to do it, right? It took years to get to that kind of money that was spent on it. And it was never perfect. And there was always the part where things will fall apart. And just imagine when you go and you tell everyone, hey, listen, we're going to upgrade your box. We had that problem in 2018 when, I, I wouldn't say it's a problem. It depends how you see it might be a good thing, but they told them, look, we're going to go and we found out that our competitors are going to come up with a full size. So I was trying to, I, w I wanted to take their clout and all this conversation and said, they're coming up with a $25 box. I'm going to go with a $50 box so I can put stuff that are going to smoke their stuff. So anyway, because that was the full size product and their yeah. sample. So I heard, I get the wrong information. I thought they're going to start in September. So I said, I'll, I'll do it in September. So I, I, I went to my, my team. And I said, well, we have two months, three months to do it. This is how it's going to look like. We're going to go and do an upgrade subscription every three months. It's going to be quarterly. And that's what I left them with. I mean, you when you work with developers, you have to give them schematics. Every, yeah. You have to, <laughs> I didn't know. So 
everyone got excited. I put one post on Instagram and I went on, on this bunch of forms that the Chalmers were creating. And Chalmers. we had quarter million people. <laughs> we had about 200,000 people clicking on the subscribe page. At, we, we told them in September 1st, 9 a.m. Eastern time, they'll be able to upgrade your box. 175,000 at 9 a.m. were already clicking the checkout. Wow. It was 30 million a Who year. Who did like you have this. involved? Like what, in, you had influence? Nothing, had it was just going on my social, on my Instagram one time and going on a couple of pages that Chalmers, that our subscribers created, fan pages, and I would always engage with them. That's about, it. You wanna talk about product market viral. fit? That's product market fit. Yeah. Like, we know. showed them what they're gonna get. They were going, and then the side crash, we only had 20,000 boxes to ship them. We didn't have 200,000. Like they, I was trolled for six months by some girls like you, useless human being. I was clicking and clicking and it didn't work. 3 a.m. I woke up at 3 a.m. What the hell? It's like, and I'm clicking and go back to your country. You know what? You're useless. No, they don't even want you there because you can't even get a website running. Like, it was so, it was so funny. I was, I mean, wow. after I was stressed out the first day. <laughs> I was really stressed out. But, uh, <laughs> It was it was stressful, oh, yeah, yeah. That was that was crazy. That was thirty million dollar. Wow. I know, like like this, adding just one Instagram post. That's okay. when you build a community, though. You gotta build a community. Wait, okay. you said what? Did you say thirty million? What? Yeah, thirty million dollar because it's recurring. I'm not taking your fifty dollar one no, time. No, the total, the total lifetime value of the comp of the of the of the yeah. customer. Oh, it's thirty. That added us because you're subscribed and it's it's recurring revenue. So it's counting that for how many years? How? Well, no, 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 that's 30, that's a year, right? So it's $30 million additional that added to us. Because of the subscriptions. It just won. So you basically do 130 million in that year. Well, the next year we did 260. What was the subscription? Like The base was, bucks, it started 21 and then we upped it to $25. Wow. But then we added a $35 box and we had a quarterly for 50 and then we started doing flash sales. And the year when I sold the business, I wanted to make sure that I can show that I'm growing. So what I did was I launched at the end of 2019 because we're already getting all our bids in 2019. So really at the end of 2019, I launched a $35 box and I started doing e-com sales. I, I did flash sales. So I did a little bit like two, $3 million in, uh, in 2019 because I started really small, just as a proof of concept, kind of like get the gear right, mm -hmm. running at the site, okay. And then 2020, I, because I, I I doubled down and instead of having say a hundred SKUs that you're selling, I put a thousand. Yeah. Right. And then I so we sold about sixty or seventy million dollar in ecom, and then we had the thirty five dollar box that you buy in addition to the twenty five, and that was adding an addition. So we ended up going from say. How did you get it to how did you get to cosmetics? Like I had what, the what liquidation company and cosmetics. You know this cosmetic category is doing good, yeah. right? So in twenty twelve we had. Uh, a lot of requests from, uh, well, one that I noticed that, that caught my attention was from a company called Classy Box. It was a subscription box. And every Friday I would sit down with all my, my salespeople and go over the sales and talking about this, kind of like all get smarter about how you sell. And uh, one of the guys said, yeah, I got something for Glassy Box. What's Classy Box? Subscription box, what's subscription box? You don't know? I'm like, no, I don't. What is it? So he told me what it is. It was already two years, a thing that was going to, so I looked at the space and I said, shit, I can do it better. Uh, and when I saw that they don't buy every time, they apparently buy from you when they get stuck when no one gives them free stuff. Like, why do they ask for free stuff? Like, that's your concept. And so wait, so they don't have economics where they can pay for the goods? I said, no. Well, what if I create economics instead of $10 or whatever it is? 
I'll do it where I can pay for the products and then I can select what I want and I don't have to depend on anybody. Anyway, that's how we came up. I kind of like filled the gap. The, I was I was not a first mover. I, I was not a first mover. I was not even a second mover, but I was early adapter. But the difference between me and all the uh, second, third, fourth, fifth movers, none of them really modify what the first mover did. They did the same. I was the first one to say, I'm going to create economics where the weight of the box is going to be under mm. two pound and everything was modified so I can yeah. pay $10 for products. So I can always give them over a hundred dollar value consistently forever. Right. It would always be a phenomenal deal. Yeah. And I figure if I have a better product, I can win the war. Yeah, you can. And now coming in, knowing internet marketing, it's my passion. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to smoke those motherfuckers. That's yeah. how I came in. And that was, <laughs> that's that, what happened. Yeah. And I had already a warehouse and I had office space. So yeah. I had the infrastructure to kick it off. And that's, right. that's why we, you know. That's incredible. I want to do one more entrepreneurial lesson from Zeke. Who fucked you over, and how did they fuck you over, and what did you learn from that? I mean, I think... Well, you don't have to name names. No, it's it's not address. even that. <laughs> address. Right? Oh, I have some addresses. I think you, no, His I, IG profile, we're going to post this <laughs> motherfucker. We're going to put him on blast. Put him on blast. <laughs> I think it's, I think it's always... Because it's like something that, like, I think everybody has one of these stories, yeah. and I think it's a good story to go into, because... I think it was, like, for me, I mean, I just... I, I made... I started making money quickly, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, if I don't put it, if I don't invest it, I'm going to spend it. Right. So I just made a lot of quick decisions that were very uneducated and just ultimately people that I trust. You just trust. I trusted people way too like in, in the beginning, you know, and it's one we're in south florida like you gotta watch your back you gotta down watch here. your yeah. back man it's not in south florida everyone <laughs> are distant people yeah, over here yeah, what are you yeah. all talking all about so i'm, I'm, I'm a good K kentucky boy like we sleep with like our garage doors open you know so for me i think it was just like i made money i wanted to invest and just trying to get in too much shit trying to, to be involved in too much instead of just focusing on like really building the one thing gotta have and then put it you know so for me, it was just get, it was just scammers. Like people are just scam, just grimy people that yeah. like just pawn you your money back. Bro. No, I mean, if, what do you do? What do you like? You, know. you do you chase the money back or you keep building? And he said, yes. okay, that was yeah. My, I mean, you know, that you was just, my my uh, immunization for yeah. my childhood disease. I need to yeah. learn better. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you know, you lose a million dollars, and it's like okay, wow, yeah. I can't a million do bucks, anymore. huh? That's a lot of money to me at the time. You know, it's like I can't. It's, I don't, I, I, I don't think like, he's saying it's not a lot of money. I think he's it's saying a it's a lot of, of money. Yeah, it's, it's like, you know, money. but just, I don't know. By but a you, scam, I mean, yeah. scam of a million dollar, yeah. You live, you live, and you learn, and, yeah, you know, it's ultimately it's made me better. It's made me, you know, really Smarter just, entrepreneur. just surround myself with people and, people and move slower, you know. And, yeah, I mean, like, life's long. Life's long, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly, right? So... It's um, there are some people that what they do is they sell buy your debt. I wouldn't mess with those people, but they'll say, well, I don't know what, what this is. I don't know what this well, is. Okay. So it happened to me when someone it was 56 grand. It wasn't that much. And I called a friend of mine and said, listen, someone give me, anyway, he, he kind of like he stole 50, uh, 56 grand. Now at that time, that was everything I had in my bank account. And he said, I'll buy it for 30. So it clicked to me right away what he means because I knew he's a serious businessman, but he has friends that can go and collect and they'll. So I told him, ah, fuck, I lost 26 grand. 
I was like, <laughs> I was thinking how much I'm going to lose, but I said, so wait, give he, me until tomorrow. So what he's saying is he's going to collect. I'm going to give you 30 grand. And I'm going to Just give me his name, whatever information you have. And if I couldn't find him, I couldn't find him. But if I find him, I'll take with him. That's what he said. I'll buy the debt. I never thought about it. So interesting. what happened was I called the guy that stole it from me and I left him a message because he didn't pick up. Before that, I would call any time. He would. So I said, it's fine uh, if you're not picking up. Don't worry, give me 24 hours. I don't know why I said that. It sounded threatening, but <laughs> I had no... But, so he called me right away and I told him, it's your decision, man. It's either I sell your debt to someone else or you're going to give me the money tomorrow morning. You have until 9 a.m. And he gave me the money back. Yeah, he doesn't know who and, you're and I, I didn't have to go because I never, I would have never done this because I don't know you if Zeke, you want to deal with Can you give people. Zeke some of these people? <laughs> <laughs> can, we the, can we turn the recording box. button off? <laughs> yeah. No, but I think it's just ultimately, yeah, it's just like, you just got to, you know, you want to be involved with good people. And I think that's the thing with this business is like, I've really tried to avoid getting other people involved. They're giving any of my equity away, yeah. you know, really holding the full value of the business. And I'm glad that I have because you know, I've get, tried you, to do you other get businesses. Burned, you get burned a few times, and you and you yeah. wise up. You just got to make sure that that when you get burned, it's not so bad, yeah. right? But so this yeah. is where this is where you said like no matter what, how many times people would warn you, how many books you're gonna read, nothing is better than true experience because 100%. you don't embrace it until you, you feel that man. You feel when you get yeah. burnt. Everyone's yeah. been burnt. Everyone's been burnt before. Like I've yeah. I haven't lost a million bucks. Yeah. Thank God, and I never, hopefully, never yeah. will. But. Like when you get burnt by somebody, like you feel that yeah. you don't forget that. Never, never. I mean, usually, I mean, a, mi a million bucks. I'm still in shock when you said and you moved on, but that shows. I that mean, we're working on it, but it's like you know, what do yeah. you you know? <laughs> it is what it is. You're maybe, not gonna, maybe, you're not go supposedly, I'm supposed to get the money back, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? You're not gonna go on the other side for for that because you have something else and you have that money and it's, yeah, yeah. If if, and if I sit and just like. I don't like I just got to keep moving you know like yeah. there's money to be made Slow you down yeah, I yeah. got yeah and ultimately it's like I won't lose a million dollars again I tell you that much That's for sure. <laughs> dude yeah. what are you working on okay so what are you working on now what's next for you even you were saying you want to put you want to not, yeah. not not pivot but like you know, I, like I, saying, you I think yeah I think for me I always said I wanted to get one like I want to write a book I think my story is crazy you know I think people need to hear it I think even just from a, a level of you know, I think a lot of, of athletes need to hear it. I think a lot of, you know, just people who have been lost in life, have struggled in life, have had any type of adversity that they've gone through. It's motivation. Right. And it's more about like personal development and growth. Like, you know, you've made a lot of money. Like, you know, I, I, I hope and aspire to make that. But it doesn't doesn't feel like it doesn't. It's not the answer. Right. You know, yeah. like it doesn't you know, it doesn't fill anything. Right. And so I thought when I started making money that that was going to fill all my issues. Right. And of course you want to make money. You want to make a lot of money so you yeah. can do all kinds of things and fun things, but it's not, it's not why I'm here. Right. And so I've, I want to pivot more into a space like where I can just provide value to people. You know, I have a good following. I, my businesses aren't going to slow down if I change what's being done on social media. And it's not like I'm going to stop it. It's just more about thinking about some other ventures and avenues that I get can, can get gratification from because I get a lot of gratification and a lot of, you know, just, I get a really good feeling from helping people and, you know, being real with people because you'd be surprised. Like I told you about being molested at nine years old, you, you wouldn't believe the amount of men that have told me the same thing. Wow. 
men that have never shared it with an NFL athletes, yeah. big time celebrities, people that have never ever told a soul and they have told me and trusted me with this. And it's like, that's insane to me. Right. So I know that like, if I've been affected in this way, like other people have been, and it's got to affect them in their life because until I really like started to like be like, yo, I got to do certain things. I got to stop drinking. I got to see a therapist. I got to wake up in the morning. And before I do anything involving my business, I got to like have my time yeah, to myself. I, I got to ask you a question about this. So processing, right? Everyone has something in their life. Yes. They need processing for because it's got a wound that you just leave open, right? And you need to heal it. So you said you came down to Florida and you took some, you get some help. Tell me about how you felt about this, kind of like before the processing and after, and what was really helping you? What do you think the catalyst that really helped you be more like waking up, not feeling that you need alcohol to stay away from this? What was, what did they do? What did they say to help you with that? Was I it just it talking was, about this? Like there was so much pressure on me from a young age, right? My dad played in the NFL. I was a really good athlete. There was like a, always eyes on us, right? There was always a little bit of extra added pressure on me, not to mention I was like pretty good at sports. So I had a lot of guilt and shame from like the failures as well that kind of stemmed into, again, these things that I dealt with as a, as a young child and then going to jail. And like I saw some shit in jail that would give you PTSD for the rest wow. of your life. You know, I've seen like dudes getting their faces burnt off with oil, baby oil in the hot pot, like just crazy stuff, right? That like, I needed to process that, right? I got out and started speaking, but like I, that, I, I come from a good family and a good home. Yeah. Like yeah. I was sleeping with a child molester above my head, like the same dude that, that literally destroyed my life in a lot of ways, right? So there was also, there was like, when I got out, I, I kind of tried to like, I'm just going to forget about it. Like, I don't want to think about it because it was terrible. Like, can you imagine not having a handle on the door and being able to open it? Like, you're just locked in like a dog. Like, it was crazy. You know, was, that's just not how I was. That's just how I live. So I knew, like, because I was speaking and I was reminding myself. And, like, I started noticing, like, I, I'm, i like, feeling this more, like, in not in a negative way, right? Yeah. Like, I'm not, I'm not hand, like, I haven't dealt with it. I'm telling you, right? I have... I'm getting freedom from telling you, but I haven't actually processed it, right? I forgot, like, I thought when I was nine years old, I thought I was, like, 18 and I was supposed to be strong enough to, like, beat this man up. And, like, I was nine. Like, look at a nine-year-old kid now. Like, they're a baby. You know what I mean? Like, that's, that, I did, that didn't deserve to happen to me, right? I blame myself for many years, but there was things in, in processing this where, like, I was drinking to black out, so I didn't think about this, Right. Yeah. When I was younger. So they tell them technically it wasn't your fault and you had to kind of like get it out of your system by talking about this mm -hmm. and understand that that might have been the catalyst. And when you say, look, it, that was not supposed to happen, you are not at fault. You kind of needed to hear it, yeah. even though consciously you know it, but subconsciously you needed to kind of yeah. like process that. And then, you know, again, it was like I, I drank and drug like really to, to mask that. And then when the stuff with football happened, like, I mean, you know, you could Google my name and, you know, it's like you're going to see some negative articles from when I was an athlete, whether it's a mugshot or an article yeah. like here I am, you know, in 2012, Twitter just came out. You know what I mean? Like this is when social media, just everything I read, I thought the whole world is seeing this. Right. The wow. whole world is that like fucks up. That fucks yeah, I got up. home. I got out of jail and I turned on ESPN. It's like freshman quarterback Zeke Pike arrested for public intoxication. 
my mugshot. I'm like, the whole world sees this. Like, I yeah. don't, I, you know, I just didn't handle that well. Yeah. I dealt, I really so buried that. it up on, oh, yeah. And it was just like, you know, and then I'm like, okay, well, women, like, I'm going to just use women and, like, sex, that's going to, like, change. And then if I'm going to drink, that's going to, but it just all called up to me, right? Like, again, it was never, I would, it would work for the time being, and then I'd wake up and I'd be facing the same problems, right? So when I moved to Florida, I was like, I just want to deal with my problems. I'm done like trying to push them off because they I, w- I hadn't dealt with them. Like they just kept coming back. You think men have issues? How, what, like, what do you think they men do? have issues like talking about their problems? A lot? Yeah, of course. How do you fix that? I don't know how to fix men, that. Men hide it. It's known men. that men, women yeah, are I mean, much like, more. Women, women are like the, we have certain ego that we don't want to be vulnerable. Like architected, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna you know go into this as a very deep psychological issue, but or or. Like how do how do men better address their problems? They don't deal with it for ten years. I mean, you know, the one thing for me that I've realized, and it was very very hard to first open up and be vulnerable about some. When was the first time you told any about anybody about this? I was twenty when I like when I first went to jail, and I'm like sitting here like trying to you know like trying to figure out like what is why you know, and it like it really hit me when I realized that why the dude above me. Yeah. They're talking about like getting this dude out of the cell. Like he's a child molester. And I'm like, guys, like I, at this time, like people respected me in there. I'm like, chill, ain't, this ain't happening in here. This is my, this is my cell. Like he, we're, we're, we're having peace in here. Like I was in there for the point where like they respected me for whatever. And so I've chose to like, just let it, like I'm going to forgive this situation in my life. Cause if I keep holding on to it, like I'm just going to be miserable about it. Like I'd hope so I hope I know. That was the first time you spoke about this when you were 20 years old. It was the first time I old. told my mom and dad. So it okay. took you over 12 years, 12 fucking years. Do you feel it made it different after you spoke about this yeah, the first time? Yeah, it was time? so freeing. Uh, it was so freeing for me okay. because I, for a long time, I felt like, like people are going to judge me, right? Like, again, I, it, when, like, I really buried it to where I thought it didn't happen to me. And then it started to kind of get spiked back up when I was like probably 15 or 16. And you're like a high, you're in high school, right? You know, there's all these, whatever homosexual jokes yeah. or whatever. And it's like, I'm not right. I know that, but like yeah. what I, I, I know this secret that happened to me that nobody mm. else knows, you know what I mean? And it was like torturing to me, yeah. you know? And, and then like this fear of like, what if somebody finds out or yeah. knows or tells or like how embarrassing that would be. And then I'm like supposed to be a five-star all American quarterback who's getting recruited. Like, wow, what would they think? Right? Like yeah, you, it was just like a lot. You that kept I, it in your head. You yeah. And it was, it was more there. mental probably where I probably should have just told somebody when it happened. Right. But yeah. I was so scared. And again, I think it does have to do with being a man and we as men, I think tend to try to handle things inwardly, which in returns comes out like for me, like if I hold my emotions in, it may come out in like irritability. It may come out in frustration. Like I may lash out and be short fused. And it's all subconscious too. Yeah. Like you don't even realize half the time. It's just, I'm like bearing like After you speak about this, do you feel like you don't have that problem anymore? No, I, I do, but I work on it all the time. Like okay. I still go see a therapist twice a month. So being I aware s- of the problem, being aware of why you yeah. behave like this, I, you think it makes. I a think difference? it's being aware and like realizing there's 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 no stigma against mental health. Yes, like it is so prevalent in every household in America. It's and, crazy and, that and it, it, it's, it's there. crazy that. But, like, I, but, I mean, we but when you're dealing with health, it yourself, this there's a difference between each mental health. Yeah, it you is. But it's of some from what I struggle with. Yeah, what I struggle with is not the same thing. Other, I mean, you know, my sister's very open about it. My sister had an eating disorder, right? 
she suffered in a completely different way, which was from, you know, a, a relationship that she had that was very, uh, you know, verbally abusive that made her, my sister's been skinny her whole life, right? She thought she was 250 pounds. Yeah. She wasn't. She had an eating yeah. disorder, right? You think she's the only girl that suffered from this? Like, that's mental health, right? Yeah. Depression, yeah. not being, like, I have depression and anxiety. I have now, I work on it and I, I do the things that are necessary, just like before a game when I go and stretch before the game. So I, I do the same thing every day in the morning to try to get my mind woken up and prepared for whatever the tasks may be. But there's so many people that are struggling with it. And yes, it could be very severe mental illness. And when we see all these negative shootings and tragedies in the news, and they always want to go towards like, oh, he's psycho, he's, you know, he's mentally ill. But like, that's next level, right? I'm yeah. talking about people that are just struggling with like the difficulties of life and it becomes stress that turns into anxiety and depression and helps them not want to get out of bed. And then we see suicide rate at like an all time high, right? Yeah. These are good people, right? That just, they, they lose it, yeah. you know, and the world's stimulated, dude, we're surrounded by stimulation. Like yeah. it's, 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 it's a scary place to be alone. And I feel like, you know, me speaking up, it just encourages other men to speak up. And I've seen like, for me, I've seen some really high profile people, that I've opened up to that have opened up back to me. Hmm. And I'm like, I never would have thought that this person who's living this incredible life that I, my opinion is like really, you know, and they, they went through something, you know, the, the same or similar. It's like, why, I, that, so that's it, why that happens. You know, but that's, that's the thing. Like, so it's like almost like the lesson is like, if you have a story, it's yeah, for sure. There's, there's the, the, the fact that if you sort of, talk about that to somebody else is going to help you in your life, but it's going to, it's going to have like a butterfly effect too. Yeah. And I and think you're going to help, you're going to help a thousand other people through, through hearing your story yeah. Yeah. that they can now open up and they can talk about all the experiences that they and have. Bro, men had, men you know? need good men. Like yeah, men need good men. Like there's too many fakes. There's too many phonies. Like there's too many people try, just there's unloyalty. There's mistrust. There's just, you know, it's like you need good men who can be vulnerable, hold you accountable and that's why, like, I don't hang out with everybody, right? Like, I keep my circle very small because I need people to hold me accountable, right? I don't want people who, I don't want yes men around me, right? Like, I need good people in my life, you know, that understand who I am. I can be real with, like, yo, if I wake up, like, I don't want to put this front on, like, um, yeah. I'm having a great day. Like, do I feel like shit today? Yeah. I'm not having a good day. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. Like, that's what it's all about. You can't just go and yeah, be with me doing everything, not just doing yeah. the fun part. And yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this is this is very good because this is this is where you said yourself like I think men are less open. I mean, it's not. It's just we're, we have tons of ego that yeah. women don't have. I think women are more mature intellect. They have some some sort of intellect that men don't have, and we have a lot of fear and phobia that we don't get to spread it around. And it's about our weaknesses. Our weaknesses is, is just just a big challenge. Yes, it's a. Uh, what do you say to someone that? kind of like have a trauma of whatever type like how do you tell them look if you don't want to talk about this do this. i mean you, you don't have to, to talk about it though right like i choose to talk about it because i feel like i have a platform right so like i'm not afraid to talk about it and i hope somebody's encouraged like because i'm sure a lot of people can look at my life from the outside and think oh i have it all together and you know my yeah. life's perfect but if i'm real about it maybe somebody else will be real about it as well you know <laughs> I feel like be like just opening up and being honest is, is, is a choice. You don't have to be vulnerable about it, but going and getting help in silence is, is not, you, you don't have to be loud about it, right? Like you don't have yeah. to tell people you have, 
yeah. you know, mental illness or depression or anxiety. Like maybe, you know, like, like I don't feel shame behind it. Cause this is who I am. I know other people are struggling. I'll be yeah. a voice for it, but I'm sure other people probably are like, they, there is a, a stigma that needs to be smashed and they're afraid to talk about it or say it, but you don't have to like, just do go, go get help, go see a therapist, go talk to somebody like, I love going to see a therapist because I, I see them for that one hour and I don't give a shit what they think about me. Like, <laughs> yeah. what, like, I don't care. I say off the wall stuff in there, like really crazy stuff that my head is thinking. And I don't really care what he thinks about me, right? Like, yeah. I'm paying him to listen to my shit, so he's going to listen to it, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, 100%. So it's like, you don't have to do be loud about it or get on podcasts and talk about it or get on your social media and talk about it. But go get that shit out of your head. Yeah, if you know get it's that something that your you're feeling... Just you got to go see somebody. And if you don't know what to do, get on Google and type in therapist near me and you're going to find somebody. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and maybe it may not be, you get pointed in the right direction, right? It, help, it helps. I mean, I, I spoke to a therapist the first time when um, my ex and I went through a marriage yeah. counselor and then she did, they do one-on-one <laughs> because they want you to feel 100%. And and they, they usually try to kind of like peel the onion layers, right? They, they try to peel the layers yeah. to find out what's inside. And I remember when I spoke to my therapist and I like found something in my past that I never really thought it was a problem. And she told me, oh, that's an issue. Yeah. You got to talk about this. Now, at that time, I really thought she's trying to, she's trying to cash <laughs> out. Yeah. Yeah. Hours. She wants me to keep coming over here. I'm feeling fine. But then eventually, before I left, I said, wait a minute. There's one more thing I didn't tell you. And then, and then it, it, it continued to lots of conversations that I keep telling myself that maybe I should keep going back there. But but it's, a, it's like you'll never know. I think everyone needs needs that type of processing for things that yeah, you might agreed. not think are significant. And remove the stigma. It's not weak. Yes. It's not, it's not less than. It's just open the fuck up. And even like seeing a therapist, like you don't even have to be like have any issues, right? Like yeah. sometimes it's just mm-hmm. like having that other person to talk to 100%. about even relationships, right? Like marriages are hard. Relationships are hard. I'm married. You're in a relationship. Yeah. You're coming out of a relationship. Like that shit's hard. It's not easy. You know, it, and, and just life ain't easy. So it's like, whether it be your business, just knowing having somebody else who can be a second voice of opinion to kind of call you on your bullshit, yeah. challenge yes, you yes. to think about things that maybe you wouldn't think about, you know? And so I get a, like, I have my, my therapist would challenge me a lot and I'll be like, I never thought about that, but I'll start thinking about it because he said it. Right. So it's, I get benefit from that. And it helps you be a better man sometimes. Yeah. I mean, they, they can go and tell you a couple of things that's yeah, if if you if you do it, that's what the other person think. It's just you need that you need that kind of like put put you in the right lane on certain things, kind of like see how everyone else feel when you when you do certain things, and it it really makes you be a better person on on both sides. Right, uh, it's it's really good. Yeah. Good. All right. What about, what else we got? That was we went through everything, man. Went through your past. We went through we went through Amazon we and went through Pelosi. Through. Went through Pelosi. <laughs> that was good, man. That, that, was, awesome. that was really, really good. And I wanna, think that okay, that's so any, 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 any closing thoughts to like close this out? What, what do you, what do you, what do you want to do? What do you want to close this out with, man? Where do you see yourself in ten years? Yeah, in ten years, I see myself having a nice house like you, exiting <laughs> my business for half a billion dollars. And go. let's go. Being so bored. Years, I don't know what's so bored that I call Scott and say, Hey, I, I need something to do. Let's start a podcast. I love like, it. That's what I, I love it. 
<laughs> are you gonna have alcohol from now to the next 10 years you think you're gonna I mean here's the thing I don't think I don't think 10 years down the road I literally just think about today right like I okay. just don't do it today and Love here's it. the thing I told Scott I'm like look if I exit my business for a half a billion dollars like I may have a glass of four roses and celebrate <laughs> but like I, I just don't I'm ever gonna be with you yeah 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 but I just you know for now I take it one day at a time and I, I dude I want to get to the point where you're at where it's like you know that, that's the goal, right? You know, yeah, build yeah. something, exit it, and ultimately, like, take care of my family forever and ever and ever and ever. You know, Amen. that's what my dad Amen. trusted me with. Amen. So, yeah, this is this is this is good. I mean, uh, uh, listen, Dick, this is awesome. Uh, I think that that was something that's gonna definitely help a lot of people. And uh, thank you for coming. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was amazing. We're going to go grab dinner. You guys are invited. <laughs> it's a bit too late because we're going to be leaving the restaurant by that time. But where are we going? Uh, noodles panini. Noodles panini. It's the best Port Italian food on La Solis. Scott's picky, yeah. so. Oh, Scott's it's very picky. That, so okay, the focaccia is like baked in with cheese. <laughs> like, you don't even understand. It's the best. I'm like, I, Scott, I let's go eat here. He's like, okay, no, no, actually, we're going to go here because this have this menu and it's great. I love it. <laughs> no, no, no. I know my food. I'm, I am a fat ass. He's, he's, <laughs> he's good. He's good. Your world food is over here. Next time we can also do some steaks. Shout out to Puppy Steak and Komodo. <laughs> my friends. Yes. From Puppy Steak and Komodo. Right, anything Dave Gratman's business is yes. going to be promoted Dave, we're on coming this show. in. We want a suitcase. Dave, I want to cut the line in front of everybody. <laughs> I don't want to be nice. So. <laughs> we want the suitcase on the house. Oh, by the way, when you go to Puppy Steak, <laughs> trust me, there is a better steak than the suitcase oh, steak. We're going to go. Okay. I want you to go and show uh, Valentina what is the suitcase. Find one of those. Okay. <laughs> There's a better steak. If you guys want to know a better cut, it's going to be the rib cup. It's a much smaller, it's a little bit cheaper, but once you eat it, it will change your life. You it's can say, my life was eh, and after this steak is ah. <laughs> ah. Okay, so you guys got to go to Papi Steak and get the rib cup Wagyu. Rib your cup. life will change rib and you cup. will thank me forever. Rib <laughs> cup Did Wagyu. you get the pastrami? Pastrami is oh, delicious. Pastrami, listen, but that's pastrami not delicious. Yeah, yeah. The pastrami wagyu. If you don't, you need, need it, like four of them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you get those puppy steak and you don't get the, that, the smoke doesn't fill me up. Yeah, <laughs> you need to be arrested or, or deported. Even you born in America, it doesn't matter. You need to have that steak. Oh, that is fucking so amazing good. steak. Yeah, so yeah. And when you go to Komodo, everyone goes for the duck, and I absolutely love the duck. But listen, the hidden gem is the uh, short ribs. The beef short ribs. Uh, that's what I had last that's time. That's what we had oh, last time. So we went down. God, that was good. good yeah. was that? That was like melting your mouth. You don't need a knife. You don't even need, like, you look at it and it breaks. Can we get but this podcast? Uh, <laughs> she got it catered. She got this yeah. podcast catered. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like, the whole point of, like, the liquor part. Grubman, like, Grubman. Yeah. Grubman, let's go. Grubman, what's up? <laughs> I've seen him do it before. I've seen him. I've seen him. I think he. We're going to have him on here for sure. Yeah. We'll have him on here for sure. You know what? He does get catered to his house. You kind of like ask yourself, okay, what does Grubman does? What does he eat? Okay. So I, I've. <laughs> what, if where you does look he go to stories, eat at? <laughs> okay. So if you look at his stories for Shabbat dinner, you know who he catered the food from? Motek Cafe. Motek? Yes. It's an Israeli place. Bear in mind, it's not even a kosher place, but it is kosher in terms of the food that's there. They yeah, just yeah. open on Saturday, which makes it not kosher. But this is fucking phenomenal food. They, they elevated all the Israeli food in South Florida forever. They smoked whatever was before. I've never been there before. Fucking phenomenal. I'll it's take you in South there. Florida? Yes. It, there are the two places. They put a location in South yeah, Florida. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll bring you guys over. You guys are going to love it. It's phenomenal. And any other place that opened after match that quality because that's it. It, it just raised... It's a, you know what talking business now. We'll go back. We, we didn't finish. 
<laughs> I feel that when a business grows, there are two types of growth for businesses. One can decline your business. One can actually excel your business. And it's really coming down to how you pick the people. If your mind is, I want to bring a person that's better than the current people that I have, everyone else is going to get better and the weak ones are going to churn. If you just bring more people because you need to bring more people and you stuff it poorly, and your managers and your direct, all the ma- directors and above are not technical enough to know who's a good person, they'll bring below average, and then what you have is more organizational that's kind of like bureaucratical. And that's when it starts sinking down. It really comes down that if the people on top are A players, they would hire A's. If they're B's, they'll hire C's, and that is when it shifts because a B always have one problem. They're always worried about their kind of like survival in their organization, so a B and an A are a threat. So they choose the C. Mm. And that's where you see some companies growing and you said, what happened? It used to be better before. Oh, when you grow, like, no, it's not. You have to make sure that you're going to have nothing but A players. Don't compromise on that. Get the A players because they'll hire A's and better A's than what they've seen before. You know, another, another the point about that is That's when good. you do hire an A player, it's going to be uncomfortable. That's good. Because it's not going to be somebody who listens yeah, to everything you know, you're doing. Exactly. It's going to be somebody who's going to challenge you on every fucking yeah, idea you have. Fucking yeah. It's going to be fucking uncomfortable. I, I've hired A players in my company right now and it's uncomfortable as fuck, but I let them do their thing because they're killing it. That's awesome. Yeah, but it is, it is the person. If, if somebody is too easy yep. to deal with, they're not an A player. Yep. Yeah. Because why the fuck would you hire somebody that yep. doesn't have their own ideas? Right. 100%. That's yeah. good. Yep. That's good. I guess right. we're going to go grab dinner. Let's get some food. All right, brother. Awesome. Thank you, man. Awesome. Thank you. That was good. Glad you guys. How's how's the four roses? Are you guys feeling it yet? 100%. That is <laughs> <laughs>
That's netsuite.com slash Scott Clary. Hiring as a small business owner is a major pain. That's why LinkedIn is supporting today's episode. You need people with the right skills and experience, but finding them can take forever. It is incredibly frustrating to keep seeing candidates who just aren't a good fit. And that's why LinkedIn Jobs has been a game changer. Let me tell you a little story. We needed to hire a graphic designer, somebody with specific tech and software knowledge and the ability to truly understand our brand. And I started with all the usual job boards and it's the same old story. Tons of irrelevant applications. No one's really matching my needs. I tried LinkedIn jobs and the quality of candidates was just on another level. People with impressive portfolios, relevant expertise. I finally felt like I was interviewing the right people. That's truly the power of LinkedIn's massive professional network. You're tapping into this huge pool of talent you simply wouldn't find on other sites. It's about finding those niche candidates you actually need. And with the right people in front of you, hiring becomes a breeze. Did you know that 86% of small businesses find a qualified candidate on LinkedIn jobs within 24 hours. That is how well their system works. Honestly, do yourself a favor and try LinkedIn jobs next time you're hiring. You can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash excellence. That's linkedin.com slash excellence. Terms and conditions apply, but it's definitely worth trying out. I don't know about you, but the idea of being harassed, scammed, or even worse, all because somebody found my personal information online, that's terrifying. Our political opinions, our addresses, even stuff about our families, it's out there for anyone to grab. And did you know that data brokers are allowed to sell information on over 98% of Americans? It's scary stuff. That's why I've partnered with Delete Me. I personally use Delete Me. They're a big friend of the podcast because I put myself out there online. So safety is a huge concern. It's really scary how easy it is to find someone's details and information. But Delete Me creates a layer of protection that we all need. You tell Delete Me what you want gone and they make it disappear from those sketchy data broker sites. And Delete Me doesn't stop. They constantly monitor the web to keep your information off those lists. It's like having a privacy watchdog that never sleeps. You need to take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me. They're giving a special discount for all Success Story podcast listeners. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeletemecom slash success and use promo code success at checkout. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash success and enter code success at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash success. Hey everyone, I just want to take a second and thank the sponsor of today's episode, Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond Bourbon. Now I don't have a lot of liquor sponsors on this show. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is actually one of my favorites. I've drank it for a few years now, and this is why we actually decided to work together. Heaven Hill Distillery, family-owned since 1935, is a great entrepreneur story, too. So there's five brothers. They filled their first whiskey barrels back in 1935, and their legacy still lives on today. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is aged over seven years. That's three more than required by the Bottled and Bond Act of 1897. This means the best quality, the best purity, and the best consistency. This is not just average bourbon. It's the winner of the double gold medals at multiple 2023 World Spirits competitions, and they've won the very prestigious Triple Still Award. It's a very big deal in the liquor and bourbon world. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond boasts an exceptionally smooth oak flavor, while its aroma offers a sweet blend of caramel and smooth vanilla. If you love bourbon, you need to try Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond. Available nationally, look for a bottle at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely, 
drink wisely. Think back to your last few days in the office. Did any of them leave you feeling really accomplished? Not the kind of day where you're running around like crazy, but where you've made real progress on something that matters. Because being busy doesn't always mean being productive. And I bet you we've all been there. And maybe it's time to rethink what it means to get things done. Today's episode is sponsored by Belay. And what they help you do is, instead of getting sucked into emails and to-do lists, they help you delegate tasks and focus on big goals. They can connect you with top-notch US-based talent who are ready to take on those time-consuming tasks that bog you down. Let's be real. There are way more important things you could be doing than bookkeeping or wrangling a packed inbox. They have virtual assistants to handle all of those pesky administrative tasks or accounting professionals to take care of all your financials. But here's the best part. You don't have to waste weeks searching for the right person. Belay's personalized matching service works quickly, sometimes matching you with the right talent to take stuff off your plate in under a week. Are you ready to try a different way of working? Check out Belay's list of the top 25 things you can delegate to a virtual assistant. It might just change your business and your life. Text success that's s-u-c-c-e-s-s to 55123 to get the list and to start transforming your to-do list with belay 